And now, introducing the man who wrote a letter to the New York Yankees with an offer he found rather interesting as he began his note with the words, quote, I see you could use some starting pitching. Well, I've got a man who already finished fourth in Cy Young voting in the Big Apple and will even throw in Wade LeBlanc to boot, unquote. Unbeknownst to him, his altercation with a stranger in Owings Mills has set into motion a chain reaction resulting in multiple lawsuits alleging not only instigation but also, quote, repeated attempts to rub his bare butt on my car windshield while reciting the Destiny's Child song, Say My Name, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. We are here. We got a lot to do on a Tuesday edition of the program. We are now just two days out, two days away from the NFL. Two days on Tuesday, huh? Hey, hey. I don't don't know. I'm a wordsmith. There's nothing. Um, Anyway, the point being that we're going to be at Looney's on Thursday night, Looney's Pub, Perry Hall, Thursday night for our Project Game Day draft special. You can join us live at Looney's to hang out for Grade 8's memorabilia's Meals on Wheels, a Central Maryland draft party hosted by Gus Edwards. You want to meet, get your picture with Gus Edwards, you can do that. you got to get your tickets. Go to grade8smemorabilia.com with the number 8 or go to Mission Ticks and get them there. You can save 8 bucks by using the code GLENN, G-L-E-N-N in all caps, when you get your tickets. And please keep in mind, please keep in mind, the money is going to Meals on Wheels. You're really making a donation. It's less that you're paying for a meet and greet and more that you're making a donation to Meals on Wheels and getting a meet and greet with Gus Edwards in return. You can write it off. You could do that. That would be an option. If that's something that you're very concerned about. If you're so inclined. If you're so inclined. So that's um, that's what's going on. On top of that, it's not just the live show. It's not just the meet and greet. And by the way, it's uh, myself, Jeremy Kahn, Ken Zalis for the live show on Thursday. But also starting at 7, there'll be raffles, mini silent auction, food and drink specials. We're going to have a great time at Looney's Pub Perry Hall Thursday night, and you can watch the show, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Listen to it, pressboxonline.com slash radio. I'm going to be spending my afternoon making sure I know how our new equipment works and so that we can do this broadcast. I would imagine. I've got a busy afternoon ahead of me. Nice, tedious work. Well, thankfully, you're a technological maven. Oh, if something goes wrong, I will do a hell of a job of sitting back and saying, I just don't know. <laughs> what is this now? I just do? don't get it. <laughs> what does this one do? I, I did everything I'm supposed to do. It's not working. I will be so good at doing that this afternoon when I sit down to work on all of that. And I cannot wait for that to be the case. All right. Um, so, yeah, I hope that you'll join us on Thursday, either live on location or watching our Project Game Day or listening to our Project Game Day draft special. <sighs> so. Coming up on the program today, in a few minutes, Zach Lowther is going to join us. He made his MLB debut on Sunday. Um, got sent back down. That's the the roster shuffle thing that they do. They brought up is it Jay Fly or Jay? Fly? I, I believe it was. It was. I know we've had him on the show it was, before. I it was sort of implied as flaw. Flaw, whatever. Now, like it was parentheses, like Kabako wrote flaw, like F L A W. All so right, like, sure, Jay Flaw. But I heard Kevin do a Kevin Brown do a softer A, like a fla. Fla. So I like a uh, flaw. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, he, this he is the, the constant, know, right? and I don't. Th- this is the constant roster manipulation. If you need a pitcher and. 
boy, you know, you had every reason to think you might need a pitcher with Matt Harvey starting last night. Turns out, not the case. I hope you can look like that every time. It would be out. it would be wonderful if that would be the case. I'm not going to assume it, but it's by, fun that the by, Yankees are reeling. Yes, it's neat that the Yankees are in last place and suck. It's always fun to beat the Yankees, and, and maybe they could do that in New York once. Probably not, but you know, <laughs> they did do it. They once, did. Right? They did yeah. do it once. That did occur. Um, so it's just the roster manipulation thing. We'll talk to Zach Lowther about it and the presumption that at some point he could be part of the rotation this season for the Baltimore Orioles. We will talk about all of that. Later on this hour, we're going to go down to Atlanta. D. Orlando Ledbetter is the beat writer that covers the Atlanta Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. There are some rumors floating around about the availability of one Julio Jones. In fact, according to Sportsline, the Baltimore Ravens are the favorites plus to land right? Julio Jones, which is weird. Raiders but, were the next at plus you know, 300. I, mean, I, I, I sort of get it when you consider teams that still have wide receiver needs. Sure. And with it looking less and less likely that the Ravens could get the wide receiver that they want late in the first round of the NFL draft. What makes you think that? Um, it just doesn't no there's so few people that believe that Rashad Bateman's gonna be around at that point, and there's just not really another receiver that that we've coalesced around the there idea. There's a lot of, of people saying that I saw one tweet in particular that was regarding who was it that wrote this piece? Uh it was paywall detected for ESPN about McShay. He wrote all his little nuggets. Mm-hmm. Nuggets. Fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't enjoy some is it was it a spicy nug? I don't think they were though. No. Um this is kind of spicy. Okay. Saying that most every team he's talked to has Elijah Moore as the number four wide receiver in the class. Okay. So Tennessee's been a popular destination as far as where receivers have been mocked at 22 because of their needs losing Corey Davis. Uh, it's been, you know, posited that the Ravens would have to move ahead of Tennessee to get a receiver if they so desired and felt they needed to. Possible. Um, but, again, re- re- Elijah Moore does not fit. I'm not saying what, that what Elijah Moore is the one the Ravens right. would want. What I'm we, saying it is actually maybe good news for Ravens fans maybe, if maybe, Elijah Moore maybe, is the one. Or, is, or it's a bunch of teams trying to get Todd no McShay to believe something in the final days of the draft you. and you know, sure. and, and messing with everything because much like the third quarterback is the first quarterback in this year's draft, the fourth wide receiver is the mm-hmm. first wide receiver in this year's draft. So we'll see. Um, but we'll talk more about the Julio Jones situation. When are they looking at it? All that stuff. We'll talk about stuff it with Orlando Ledbetter. Uh, also, later on this morning, Jeff Schwartz will check Falcons in with an interesting us. draft in general. Like the I, don't, I don't, do not remotely care about that. You don't think they're going it's, it's, to? As a draft fan, that's as a fine. draft Nick. That's fine. It, if you want to do an, an Atlanta show, we can go to an Atlanta well, show. We got, uh, I care about the things that are, oh, that are interesting in Baltimore. We got a big Atlanta demographic here. Name one. Aaron, All my right. friend Aaron from oh. college. Oh yeah. Yes. How he often? Was a Falcons fan. How often does, does he listen? Does Aaron listen? <sighs> well, I don't know. And how do, have we not gotten any wings? If that's the case. That's a good question. Okay, so thanks for nothing. No, he doesn't live in Atlanta. He's just randomly well, a Falcons fan. Okay, well then that doesn't even help us. <laughs> that doesn't even help us at all, jerk. I'm not going to get any wings then, which is yeah, makes us not. utterly meaningless. That's true. Jesus, I was looking for a little lemon pepper wet, and you're just like, yeah, you're like speaking of wet, here's a wet blanket. Is lemon pepper wet just butter with lemon pepper seasoning, right? I d- I don't think it's that s- that simple. No, I think you're oversimplifying. But not that that would be bad. No, I'm not saying that would be bad. I just don't. I th- I think it's, I think it's more of a, I think it's more of a sauce than a rub. Is what it is. So you're using real lemons in there, in that baby. I would like to hope, man. <laughs> like I'd like to hope that would be the case. I like it. 
Anyway, um, we'll do that also later on the show. Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman, now an analyst for everyone. He literally works for everyone, including tonight. His show is on Fox Sports 1 at 7 o'clock, the Big Boys Club. It's the it's the I was not the, invited. The Gru- yeah, you didn't quite make the, the cut. It's the Gruden's quarterback camp for offensive linemen, but not really. They're taking five of the offensive linemen in this year's draft, and they're doing a show about them. Um, I know Quinn Miners is one of them who we love. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah, right. I know uh, Creed Humphrey is one of them. Is very interesting to all of us. I know. And I, I, by the way, th- this is how when when there's a player that will not impact the Ravens in any way, I still don't know how to pronounce Sewell's first name. Like I really don't because he's Pene? he's a. Chi- you think it's a he's a pasta? <laughs> like that's what. Yeah. I, I and I, I'm sure if you I watch, think I think it's sort of like Penne. I, maybe Penne, so I if you I've say so. That. I feel like I've heard. If that. you say so, I don't watch any of the shows where they would be talking about him because the, I just don't just pay attention to talk about the tackles. Or I hadn't, and then you know, right? I mean, well, things. but it's but still, it's I not going to be him. Is my point? He's not unless they were be just going to trade up, right? Like they have. Yeah, that's, I saw one time he was mocked to the Giants at eleven. I was like, that doesn't seem likely. But if he was there, right. no, I mean, it would certainly be interesting to see if the Giants would be would want your two first round picks to go get him. Uh, but he's a part of that show as well. We'll talk to Jeff Schwartz about all that, how the Ravens might go about replacing Orlando Brown later on in the show. Uh, I need to give a shout-out to the folks down at Live Casino Hotel. We had a great – in fact, I still have my gift bag sitting here from the, our event at Sports and Social last night. Well, they I give got, you? You know what uh, they got? They gave me this little uh, martini glass deal. You are a big martini a guy, so I know this is going to get used it's often. A, it's – look at that. Shaken, not stirred, look right? Look at that little – That's like a Moscow mule teen glass. It kind of is a Moscow mule teen glass. So you're not wrong about that. Um, I prefer my Moscow mules in a what do you call one of the, the in the Moscow mule you know, like a mug I guess sorts, is what you call it sort of like a tumbler but it looks like a mug it's like a it mug. looks it's like a mug, mug I guess. yeah I prefer Brass, I prefer tin, my mules I don't know. You, yeah you I prefer it. my mules that way well, that's a cheeky little but that's uh, a nice little glass. nice yeah. little gift they gave us also hooked me up with um, uh, a bottle opener Ooh, from uh, the sports and the social that's, that's genuine yeah, wood yeah right that that is <laughs> it's like that. Who's that, that creep on the internet that went to Home Depot just to buy one oh, single was, piece uh, of plywood? Ben Shapiro. Yeah, right? that guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, go support Home Depot, yeah, make a big right. purchase. This it was is my new best friend. Um, also gave me yeah, uh, vaccination cards. I got me. Oh no, this is a twenty-five dollars <laughs> in free slots play. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. that could be turned into yeah, lots Lord of knows, money. right? Or in my luck, no <laughs> money at all. But still, it could be anything. Well, if you give it to Jeremy and a, and a, yeah, correct, he'll turn it into real money. And a gift card for Sports and Social. It was very nice of yeah, them. Look at you. We had a we had a great time. I I can't wait for you guys to see this place. It's unbelievable. Um, I I'm saw gonna, all the TVs. Yeah, the TVs are everywhere. The yeah. sports book, literally, the FanDuel sports book is connected. It's it's just to the left side. That doesn't sound like a good combination. Um, oh, it sounds like I'm gonna lose <laughs> so much money, so much money. But I'm gonna have a great time doing it. Yeah. Um, John Colson and I went last yeah. night. Our most worshipful grandmaster. We played a lot of bubble hockey. Uh, they got the uh, duck pin bowling lanes set up. They've got the giant foosball table set up. They've got the ski ball set up. Um, they were playing trivia last night. Th- this is a hangout. It's a hangout inside the casino. And even if you weren't like going to the casino, it'd be a great place to hang out. We tried so the food. Oh my god! We sat down. The girl came over. She said, "Can I recommend an appetizer to you?" A lot of people like the pastrami and pickles. And I said, "Lady, I." I need you to not say say less. Mm-hmm. Say less. Bring me that immediately. Sure. Immediately. Fried pickles on a bed of pastrami. Oh. oh. I was just talking yesterday. Oh. Spousing the virtues of a nice, healthy, not too much, but some nice fat in your in your meat, you know? 
Ah, yeah. well, I mean, who doesn't enjoy yeah. some nice fat in their meat? Yeah. Come on. You know what I mean? So uh, that was unbelievable. I had the French onion burger, which is never, exactly, never go wrong with that, you know? exactly what you think it's going to be. It's the caramelized onions and the cheese on top of a. I mean, it's just, just unctuous oh, goodness. Oh, it was so damn good. I can't wait for you guys to see this place. This is going to be the hangout for football Sundays. For you to go in, watch all the games, do your betting while you're there. If you want to wander out, you can go wander out at the casino, but you're not going to need to. Um, they have little lounge areas inside sports and social. It's like a combination of a restaurant and theater with a sports book and with plenty of games. I mean, it's just a Bowling? place. Bowling, yes. You're going to lose. I, this is the problem, right? And yeah. I say it's a problem. It's a good problem. Sure. I've, I've experienced these types of days before in my life. You're gonna you get there. You're gonna get there, and and you're gonna realize all of a sudden it's eleven o'clock at night, yeah. and you're gonna say, "Where did the day go? I had two meals here. I've been I've been bowling. I've been t- I've been talking to the women. Of yeah, it's been a lot of that. A lot of that. This is the type of place where you're gonna lose your day. I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed uh, being at Sports and Social, and I can't wait for you guys to see it as it opens up officially on Thursday night. It'll be open for the draft this weekend, and obviously. Whenever we finally get around to approving everything, the sports book will be open and you'll be able. The other thing, too, that's cool, um, when you're there, you'll be able to use your app. So you don't even have to go to the window at the sports book. I'm going to be honest, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, about you my, can sit in like one of the reclining the, chairs the at the, at the sports and social. Bets, yeah. So, like, we sat at a table last night, but there's rec- like reclining chairs. That Maybe were like two you? rows. No, I don't think they were. I didn't I check. Like I should have. There are two rows of reclining chairs, like like you see Something's now in movie theaters. Something's you for your losses. Exactly yeah. right. You sit down. They'll bring you your food that you can put a tray in front of you. Yeah, they'll still bring lovely. you your food, your drinks, and you can just bet from your app as you. It's it's gonna be a. It's gonna be. I have always looked longingly at the uh, when I see on the old Twitter. People yes. posting their like prop bets about random players like yards, mm-hmm. you know, like over for forty eight and a half yards for Mike Williams on the Chargers. Right. And I'm like, man, I feel like I could do well in those. No, you. I'm really worried. No, you could. Yeah, no, you. I'm really could. worried. You would hit just really enough to keep betting and lose that I've uh, not I, uh, got the ability to try and test. Y- you that know what? One, which one entices me every weekend? Every weekend, uh, and one of the guys from Barstool posts it. It's a. Will there be a walk-off home run in baseball oh. today or like either Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, I can't. Necessarily. The number is set at point five, and so it's just how to get one. If there's one, right. you win. And every That's, weekend, I'm less, I feel like I'm less enticed by that. Oh no! Every weekend, I'm like, why wouldn't I bet? It's, there's so many games. You think about all the games that are being played in baseball over the course of the weekend. That. You can't You're predict like, that. You're there's, just there's, playing there's, the odds. There's sort of. thirty games. There's got to be one that ends in a walk-off home run, right? Like you just like I feel like my. I mean, my hubris lends itself to me thinking that if I see a number like Pat Mahomes oh, over th- yeah, under two ninety eight, this is this is yeah, your bit where you think you know more than you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the problem. I, to me, it's not about thinking I know more than I do. It's just, I, it's like of I, course Pat Mahomes is going to throw for more than two ninety eight. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, what a what a, what a cool place, and it's going to be the spot to hang out. John from Little Rock said he's going to challenge me to bubble hockey. Apparently, he's a stud at bubble hockey. What I was bubble gr- hockey. You don't know what bubble hockey is? Is it air hockey or is it different? No, very different. You control a little man. It's sort of like foosball, but for hockey, they put a big bubble over. You've never seen bubble hockey before? What the hell's wrong? Where have you been living? What the hell's going on in your life? <laughs> I, I got a lot of questions. Where do they do it? 
Where I mean, like there are places that arcades had it for years, and bars have it. And things I don't along recall those lines. this being an arcade. Bubble dog, bubble hockey has been around for a very long time. It's a it's so a. So you think if I were to Google deal. an image and I'd be like, oh, that's what it yes, is. Yes, you would exa- You would know exactly what it was the moment that you Google image searched it. You would know. Oh, right, that's bubble hockey. Should I do it? No, I, <laughs> we have other things. We have other things to do on this program today. Uh, I do want to get some thoughts from you guys today. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk to Orlando Ledbetter here in a little bit. Um, I, I want to get your thought. And, and this it's very broad, this Julio Jones topic. It's 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 as broad as Alana Glazer and Addie Jacobson. I get it. I want to know where you are with the Ravens and Julio Jones. Baltimore. I, thank you. I want to know where you are with... Is it the route you'd want them to go? What would you be willing to give up now? If they really don't want to make the trade until after the draft, what would you be willing to give up from next year's capital? And I think that's the the more difficult part of this. They've already given up. Is if the Ravens really don't want to make, a, or if the Falcons really don't want to make the trade, it's easy to sit back. You, you know, you said yesterday, would you give up 31? Yeah, I would. I would. I would give up 31. To get Julio Jones. Even at his age, I would 100% give up 31 to get Julio Jones because I think it immediately makes your football team that much better. I would prefer to give up a second-round pick, but the Ravens don't have one of those. Sure. For the next two years. Didn't they give up next year's, or do they not? Am I wrong about that? No, no, no. What do you I guess I'm just misremembering. Didn't they give a pick for next year's draft as well? In the... But it was a later pick, like a sixth... I think it was yes. I think they swapped a sixth and a, a seventh, fifth or something, something like that. that. Yeah, I think okay. they swapped that. Um, you got me all messed up. Now. I don't. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't think. I think. I, I think you are. Maybe I'm just imagining what I've saw as these posited trades for Julio Jones all on all on Twitter that are talking about the compensation only needing to be something like a second round something and something and another. Yeah, they still have they still have all of their picks. Okay. Except except they swapped the sixth. They swapped a fifth and a sixth. Yeah. They they got the Chiefs fifth. Fifth. And they gave, and they gave them their right. sixth. Yeah. That was what I And then But then there was nothing involving anything else. Then they gave up their seventh round pick for Josh Oliver. They gave up their they have a they have a conditional fifth round pick for that was involved with the unique in, that was in, in, in Gakwe. <laughs> okay. But we don't know what the conditions sure. were and whether I we'll need to know more about that. All right. The point being, if it costs, it's easier for me to say I give up the thirty-first pick than it is for me to say I give up next year's first-round pick. Who knows, right? Because there oh, is some lottery, lottery you know, protected. You know, there is. It's not unfortunate. There is some scenario where Lamar Jackson gets hurt this year is a disaster, and suddenly you're talking about this being a mm-hmm. a top twelve pick. And you don't feel good about that at all. Now, it doesn't seem likely. You would think the Ravens would, again, be amongst the best teams in the AFC. You also don't know that the – it's always weird. The conversation is so bizarre about what the value for Julio Jones is, right? Like It's very difficult to figure out what the value for Julio Jones – I saw PFF throwing around, you two know – Two seconds, right? A, a, this right. year and next year, which disregards the notion that the Falcons are going to wait until after – Right, it, it disregards that, and the Ravens don't have a second-round pick anyway. Right. So it makes it very difficult, right? Like, all of this is tough. I don't know what my appetite would be for future draft picks. It's easy to say, well, I give up next year's second-round pick, right? Of but course. do the Falcons look at that and say, 
well, we don't. We think that's a that's a late round. We expect that to be a late second round pick. You almost wish we're you, not really wanting to do that for Julio Jones. You almost wish you could have known about the Julio thing before you did the Orlando Brown trade, right? Like you would have been like, hey, rather than your third this year, can we take your third next year? Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, something along those lines. I just want to know what your appetite is, where you are with the possibility when it comes to Julio Jones and the Baltimore Ravens. What what would you be willing to do now? What would you will be willing to do from next year's draft capital if the Falcons really are intent on waiting until after the draft in order to make the trade? And and maybe they look at a player that you acquired in the draft this year and they're interested in that guy too. I don't know. I that Part of these things is what we're going to ask Orlando Ledbetter when he joins us later. What's your appetite? At what level are you interested in trading for Julio Jones? I want to know that at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter today. I don't know if it's practical or not, but it's out there, and he's a good football player, and the Ravens are close. So I'm interested. I'm listening. I'm inclined to have a Julio Jones conversation, despite the fact that he's probably moving past the prime of his career. I think we all... I'm not, I don't think he's done by any stretch of the imagination. He's not even as old as Steve Smith was when Steve Smith arrived in Baltimore. But I think we can all say within reason that he's no longer in the throes of the prime of his career. Part of the problem a year ago, he only played nine games. you got to figure out where that is. But we're still talking about Julio Jones and someone who, if healthy, is a game-changer, is a difference maker, is a world beater, He's if you got will. room to lose some ability and, and still, still be great. Right, still be incredibly good, obviously. Give me those thoughts. We'll get to those here in a second. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Today's show is brought to you by Window Nation. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Um, some responses that have come in already on the Julio Jones thing from John Little Rock. I'm all for getting Julio. I would give up the 31st and a third next year or if need be a second next year. From Dave, Dave says, Glenn, absolutely willing to give up one of the Ravens' first round picks in order to get Julio Jones. I guess I would do a first round pick next year, but I'd be a little less comfortable in doing it. And from Chris, Chris says, Glenn, I don't think Julio Jones is the answer for the Baltimore Ravens. I get that we're wide receiver desperate, but this needs to be addressed in the draft, not by taking someone else's 32-year-old receiver. Not mutually exclusive, by the way. That is true. You can still draft a receiver this year and try to trade for Julio Jones. Both things can be done. Continue. Get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We will talk about it as the show goes on. Right now, always an honor to be joined by our next guest. He made his Major League debut on Sunday. Um, he is a new dad. He is the pride of Xavier. He is Zach Lowther, and he joins us now here on GCR. Zach, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you for taking the time for us, and congratulations. Yeah, thank you, guys. It was- it was really fun, and I'm glad to be able to talk about it. Hey, man. All right, so if I if I asked you this number, do you know in the history of baseball how many Major League Baseball players came before you? Do you know the number chronologically that you were in order of players who made their Major League debut? Oh, uh, my brother told me this one. Uh, 
19,661. Oh, you're almost exact. 19,961. So that's not oh. bad. Not bad, Zach. And now we ask you to go ahead and name all 19,960 that came before you. You got that, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, just, right I have them on my uh, pad of paper upstairs. I, you know, it's locked away somewhere. Um, you know, you obviously this is a moment that you dream of your entire life. Those of us that, that aren't good at throwing balls dream of this moment our entire lives. <laughs> What, what what is it actually like in comparison? Like the way that you dream about it versus like being called upon in the ninth inning of a game on Sunday to go out and pitch when things get what, – what is it really like in comparison to those dreams? Honestly, it's completely different from what I – what you think it's going to be. Um, when the entire game, you know, I, I was anxious just the entire day being able to lead up to that moment because – like you see the big stadium, you see all the fans, all that stuff, and all the fans not even full, but you know it, you see all these things and you picture it in your head, and it's so much bigger in your head. And as soon as you're able to step out on the the field and it's your time to pitch, it's kind of just like I've done this a million times, mm. and you kind of have that like confidence boost. You have the the butterflies go away because you're so used to doing this one action that you've trained for so long that it becomes so repetitive that you almost don't even think about it at that point. So as long as you're able to kind of reel yourself back in and recognize that I've been doing this for 15 plus years, just stick to it and it'll come to you. Then you just let it happen. Did did you have like a butterfly moment at all during the course of the day? Like when you got into the clubhouse or when you walked to the bullpen or was there any moment where you like allowed yourself to say, Holy crap, I'm I'm living my childhood fantasy right now. Yeah, I mean, I I would say honestly it was after the game when, you know, we kind of sat down with my family and you know, just were able to kind of think about everything that just happened in the past 24 hours. So being able to do that was kind of like my oh wow moment and that was that was really special. I mean, having everyone here was was something that was you know what I always envisioned it as, and it was it was it kind of lived up to what I had uh, thought it would be. Sounds like you're talking about it like you didn't really experience that like first pitch velocity bump that a lot of uh, rookies get when they're in the major league level from all the adrenaline. Did you manage to sort of like subdue any excitement that you would have experienced? Just admit you, you pop like three Xanax before. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, the I'm telling you, once I got on the mound. Any sort of like anxiety, any of that, it like just went away. That's cool. It was, it, it was something that like I was like, holy crap! Like I've been, I, I've been anxious all day, and then this is when I'm not anxious. So <laughs> it, it was definitely different. But I mean, it maybe the adrenaline was going, but I didn't feel like I was doing anything extra. But maybe everything in the moment kind of caught up with it. Zach Lather is with us after he made his MLB debut over the weekend on Sunday with the Orioles. Zach, so so a couple of things. One, what did you keep from the game? What what do you what were you able to give to somebody? What are you gonna have forever from your debut game? Um, my first strikeout pitch and my first pitch. Okay. Uh, both and, baseballs, and then I think I'll I'll try and work on getting the jersey. <laughs> and and do you have but, plans for for those? Like, are they staying with you? Is is one of oh, them? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, those those are for me. My me and my dad. Uh, I've been starting to collect some memorabilia since I've been working my way up. So I've been trying to just like 
get my collection going. Maybe I can hand it off to my daughter and see if she wants to carry on that part of it. That's cool, man. That's really cool. That's a really neat thing. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it, the fact that everything has been so strange for the last couple of years, right? Did 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 that add any amount of, you know, I know you got to pitch a little bit in spring training, so that probably helped, but th- there haven't been a lot of, like, real game situations <laughs> in a long time. Did that any add any level of anxiety to it? Like, man, I, I know I can do this, but it's been a while since I've really had to do this. Yeah, I mean, that can go into it. I think that what we're doing here at the alternate site and, uh, you know, what, what we were able to do during spring training was at least beneficial from a year off of not playing anyone for a lot of us. So, you know, yeah, it's, def- it's definitely weird going from, like, not having any fans to having some fans playing different teams. So you definitely get that kind of uh, environment, like, it, that can definitely overwhelm you, but as long as you can eliminate the fans and keep it as the you and the catcher, when the batter steps in there, even eliminate him, it, it becomes a lot more simple. So being able to do that, kind of just, you're able to do that in practice and transfer it to the game. Maybe it's just me, but it feels like the alternate site has taken on sort of a connotation in my head as being almost like a science lab combined with baseball. Hmm. Uh, are you guys just pretty much playing baseball or like is it a is it really like a analytically driven sort of site where you guys are also developing like trying in things out ways. right yeah. uh it's it's mostly baseball um a lot of the the analytics side of it is just we're, we're able to use it easier now you know we don't have to right now there's no consequences like there were last year and you're able to kind of just like try new things that you wouldn't necessarily try in the middle of a season. So, you know, changing a swing or how something feels as a pitcher, a different pitch, you're, you're able to, you're able to work on that and have consequence free reps down here, but we're still playing some teams here and there and just being able to see how it does. And if it doesn't do anything, you go back to normal stuff. You know, it's, you're able to work on stuff and try to take yourself to the next level. Zach, with that in mind, like everything that has gone on the last, you know, I don't know if you heard there was a global pandemic. There was no minor league season a year. You've been doing the alternate site thing for a little while. Like, how do, do you feel like you're at a place where you'd be ready to start again? Like, if, if the Orioles said, hey, we need a, a, a fifth guy in the rotation, like, would you be ready now or do you still need – to ramp up a little bit to be ready to be a starting pitcher at the major league level at, at, at some point soon? No, I, I think everyone at this camp has been, if you're a starter, you're ramped up to go. Yeah. And if you're a reliever, you're ramped up to go. We're, we basically were treating this as similar to as we could to like the beginning of a normal minor league season. You know, you're, you're we almost have a normal rotation going. Um, you know, so everyone's in that mindset that anyone could be called up at any time. If your number's called up there, you better be ready to fill that role. So everyone down here, whether you're starter or reliever, they're they're ready to go, and it's been it's been very competitive down here. So, so have, have you have you I had like, like have you had like a, an eighty pitch outing at some point as you've been doing this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we we're working up into like a normal like almost five six seven innings wow okay depending on pitch count obviously but yeah so i mean we're we're pretending like it's the season right now how we're training 
and just being able to kind of carry that into when AAA would start AA and all that. Yeah, Zach Lowther is with us here on GCR. Zach, I mentioned at the top, and you mentioned your daughter. You're a new dad. Um, everybody tells you you're not gonna you're not gonna believe how much your life is gonna change, and you're like, okay, you know, like sure. And then it happens, and you're like, holy hell, no, I can't believe how much my life changed in just this moment. Um, can you describe what it's been like for you and, and, and the perspective maybe that it added to reaching this point in your career? It, it changed a whole lot. Yeah. Um, just from what I used to do growing up with my parents and all the stuff that you know I wanted to experience with my son or daughter, um, I've gotten to do quite a bit of it. I mean, they, my wife and daughter came down to Florida for spring training and that's something that, you know, I used to do with my family. So that was always something I wanted to experience with my kids. And I got to do that. I got to pitch in front of my daughter. I mean, yeah, she's what, two, <laughs> two and a half, three months old. Probably not going to have vivid memories of it, but you're going to be able to tell her she was there. <laughs> I guess it's more selfishly for me. And <laughs> Like, having them be at my major league debut, like, these things were some of the things that I I didn't realize that were that important to me, and it, it makes everything so much better. You know, I, I wake up in the morning. I'm never a morning person. I'll wake up in the morning, and I see your face, and I'm ready to go for the day. Wow, man. And it's, it, I, I can't really explain how she and my wife have changed my life so far but it's definitely for the better I, I i'm not a morning person either in fact i do i work i work until fairly late in the night and so i try to like set my alarm for the last possible minute that i could be in here to do a show at 10 o'clock every day and yeah. inevitably my six-year-old or my three-year-old is going to come in and try to talk to me in the morning they wake up at like six and it, it's the first <laughs> thing where like you know you're frustrated by it and the second thing is, oh, no, dude, come on. Just come on, come in here. Come cuddle. Like, yeah. come, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Like, it's just that feeling of I. this is terrible for me and the way my day is going to go, but I'm not upset about it. <laughs> yeah, like, there's worse things. <laughs> correct. It's exactly like that. Um, I, I think I did not know. So you're, you're, is, is your wife also a pitcher? Like, I know she's a softball player. Was she a pitcher too? No, no. Okay. She was a yeah, position player second base outfield kind of utility wherever they needed her is she the type that um like does she do you guys talk baseball like when 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 she watches does she come back and say hey zach what the hell were you thinking there or do you kind of have like a like an agreement like hey we, we, we're not doing that I, I don't need that at home right now we, she knows what she's talking about but we kind of keep baseball to a, a limited amount of talk at the, at the house and because, you know, it consumes so much of our life, and we kind of, we have maybe, you know, 10, 15 minutes each day that we're allowed to talk it, and then after that, it's it's life. I get it. You know? I get it, right? Like, that's we don't need any more of that. I, I've got, that's my that's my job. I'll go do exactly. that when I get to work, and we can yeah. leave that alone. Um, you, you uh, how, how does it feel to be a fan of a football team that's been terrible forever, finally gets good, and, and still is only, like, the third best team in the division? <laughs> Means you got a good division. Yeah, well, that's true, too. There is that. <laughs> there is uh, that. I, I think that makes everyone better, so it's good football. It's fun to watch. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Is it not, though, a little bit disheartening to be like, 
this is literally the best we've ever had it, and it's still wildly difficult in order to win something. Yeah, no, that that part definitely gets gets under the skin a little bit because you're like, what else do we have to do? Right. But, <laughs> but you you just got to keep getting better, you know. These teams at the top of the division, you know, they're setting the standard pretty high, so. You know, you know where you got to be, and if you're not there, it's going to be a tough year. Yeah, you know, I like. Are, do you do you let yourself get carried away? And, and I don't know how much. Like, it's, so for the people that don't know, Zach's of course from Ohio. He's a Browns fan. Um, do you let yourself get carried away and like believe? You know, the the whole believe land thing, right? Like, do you allow yourself to say like, we really could win the Super Bowl this year, or is it like I, you're a Browns fan, you can't I think possibly that every year, right? <laughs> um, no, I I don't get carried away. <laughs> okay. I, I, I need them to prove it a little more. Right. Get a, get a couple years of having some sustained success. That's what I was thinking. Like, it, it, it seems audacious for a Browns fan to believe that they can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hey, I mean, we were the, – the Browns had a really good shot last year. They ran into AL champs – or, yeah, AFC champs. <laughs> right. And, I mean, I think that they're on the right path. They need to, you know – Keep it up for a couple more years. Build a build a strong system throughout, not just a couple good players here and there, but keep drafting well, keep uh, performing well, and not shooting themselves in the foot. So, as long as they can do the basics, I'm happy with it because they were not doing the basics for so long. No, there's no doubt it was it was an abomination. <laughs> can, can you describe? Would you be willing to recreate your reaction? to the Monday night football game last year on fourth and five when Lamar Jackson comes running out of the toilet and 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 completes the touchdown pass. Could you could you recreate what it was like in, in Zach Lowther's house in that moment watching that game? Uh I honestly don't know if we were watching that game. What? <laughs> what? We, we we don't watch all the games. It's we're, Sundays are like our family days, so it's not necessarily all. Football. But this was a Monday night, so <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly couldn't tell you what my all reaction right. was. I think I was texting my buddies and just like surprises all get out and then i'm like wait it's lamar jackson it's not really that surprising <laughs> he's really good there's no doubt about that that dude is yeah really... i mean he can he can change a football game very he's very fast he's unbelievable zach lowther um the biggest thing until until the next call comes biggest thing that you want to work on to get ready for that next call that you're going to get from the orioles i think just sticking to what i've been doing i've been i've had a really solid plan going forward this year so um if i can build up my innings uh get get the get some more innings under the arm and then you know continue to throw strikes dominate hitters and stick to the game plan that i've kind of laid out with some of the coaches i think that i'll i'll get more and more chances as we go on that's awesome man uh zach we're so happy for you brother um what a, what a cool moment it was and and neat, they took all the drama out of it for you, so you could just get in and have some room to work with. On, exactly, uh, on they made it easy, no doubt. Uh, at Zach Lowther, of course, on Twitter is how you follow him. Zach underscore Lowther on Instagram. Zach, always appreciate you taking the time, brother. Look forward to doing this again here real soon as you get back this way. Thank you for doing this this morning. Yeah, thank you guys. Zach Lowther with us here on GCR. Um, cool moment, obviously for for him, and I think a lot of people have a lot of high hopes. For Zach Lowther, and it was a positive sign of what could be coming 
uh, for the Baltimore Orioles at whatever point they decide they're ready to go ahead and stick him in the rotation and, and go that route. He's one of those guys where with Elias and company coming to Baltimore in particular and the progress and gains they've been able to get out of pitchers, right? He's one of those guys with command, yeah, but maybe a ceiling on the stuff yeah. that would have made him profile as at best maybe a four or a five. And who knows, right? Like who knows with you know, the analysis of deliveries and refining deliveries. Sure. If they can get a few more ticks of velocity out of him to make him, you know, have a ceiling that who knows where it could be, right? It would be uh, outstanding if that would prove to be the case. And uh, there's there's real reason for hope there. There's real reason for hope with Zach Lowther. He's got and three he legit, yep. you know, he can command three or to four pitches. No doubt. And so, you know, that's always a good thing to have for a starting pitcher. Can we take a break? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We come back in. We're going to talk more about Julio Jones. We're going down to Atlanta. Ten minutes for that, by the way. Ten fifty is what we're doing that. I don't think that's what you told me. I don't know that. I'm just saying I don't think it's what you told me. Okay. But we'll check. So we have time, is what you're saying. Well, good. What do we do now? Just sit here. Might as well take that break, huh? You want to take the break anyway? Let's just do. We already talked about it. I don't. I don't know. Well, we could do it. We're we're taking taking the break. We'll come back in. We'll talk more about Julio Jones, Orlando Ledbetter from uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. That's next. It's apparently 10 minutes away. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over so we need to continue to be vigilant do the right things including wearing our masks and if we're gonna wear them why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players home team masks available right now pressboxonline.com slash masks we got a purple and orange state flag neck gator for you as well as the celebrate 8 mvp neck gator and an over the ear faded distress state flag and traditional colors mask they're available pressboxonline.com slash masks let's get this over with wear our masks home team masks 
Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box Sports. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Continue to give me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We're talking about Julio Jones this morning, and and it's complicated, right? Like that. Ad- admittedly, the the contract makes it complicated, and. His age, what it would his, cost, his, all, all of it. All of these things make it complicated. It's weird because when you when you when you hear Julio Jones, the first thing you say is like, "Yes." Well, he hasn't really dropped yes. off much as far as what he's capable when of he's doing played, on a football field. With, with the concern being he didn't but play he has a lot always, last season. It's he has been a guy. It seems like last season was the first season in a long time oh, where he yeah, didn't no just question. play through whatever he was dealing right, with. Right. Right. Typically you you see you're constantly asking about Julio Jones, but he's constantly right. playing. Last year was the first time uh, it was a hamstring yeah. that kept him out for half the season. And that's concerning, but not as concerning as, say, like a knee injury might sure. be, right? Like a hamstring is the type of thing where you say, I I don't have reason to believe that's going to derail his career. Well, certainly, is, you know, those can linger, and who knows if this is the beginning of chronic hamstring well, but issues. He's dealt with Julio hamstrings Jones. before, you know it. what I mean? Like, and that's the part that's but weird could to it, figure out. Yeah, yeah, as I mean, he gets sure, older, is it more difficult uh, to play uh, through 100%. these injuries? Right. And it's more difficult for anything, right? Like, and we have to deal with that. But he is also just a freak of nature, right? Like, Julio Jones I, I is also, not necessarily way, a normal human being when oh, we no talk doubt. about normal human beings. No doubt. I also do think that it matters that he just turned 32 and not that he's about to I turn agree. 33. This is his age 32 I, season. Like, I, I do think I that's relevant I in the conversation. Sure. I, I'm I think 35 is often the line of demarcation in our mind where you're like, oof, that's a bet I think I'm not comfortable making. And then and yet, this is 32, 33, and 34 for Julio Jones right. for the if, three years left if, in his contract. If you're telling me that I'm getting three years of Julio Jones before the age of 35, and what's the price that I'm willing to pay for that, mm-hmm. my answer is going to be I would probably it would have I would have probably said the 27th overall pick, right? Like I I don't want to say that sure. because the 31st is a better one to give up, but I'm willing to go that high for that much of Julio Jones at this age. It's not ideal i think it's 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 interesting right if they only had one first round pick i'm not sure if i would say it 
but I think that they have two. I'm more okay with the yeah, idea. Yeah, I hear you. But again, we just we just don't. It the word is the Falcons. We'll I talk more it. about this with Orlando Ledbetter. Yeah. The Falcons don't want to do this before the draft, mm-hmm. and that makes us all complicated. And I it I don't have an answer. I don't I don't have the correct answer for how you go about doing it. But it's intriguing as hell. Mm-hmm. It's in, it's crazy intriguing because he doesn't even have to be Julio Jones. He's just got to be somebody that that presents the threat and that presents a greater outside radius for someone who has not been as good at throwing the ball outside the numbers. I mean, it's like uh, it's I don't know, it's the AJ Green thing is like what is a what is the drop off for guys like that, right? Like and I don't I think it, he's a different he's a different player than AJ Green, right? Yeah, he is oh, a he was physical correct, beast, right? Correct. Like yes. he can as good as, a, as good as AJ Green was, and I don't want to take anything away from how good AJ Green of a was. Dancer, whereas Julio yes. Jones is just like a Win. mini Calvin Johnson almost. Almost. Right? Like, yep. Almost. You're like looking at a guy that it doesn't matter what route you're asking him to do; he will dominate you on it. And, and by the way, don't get me wrong; I'd rather the Ravens be in the market for Michael Thomas, sure. but the Michael Thomas market is going to cost significantly more than that. And I have no reason to actually believe Michael Thomas is available outside of, you know, the the thought process that some had have had of like, wouldn't would the Saints consider just doing like a house cleaning? Right. It also now? might sound crazy, but like, in a perfect world, Julio Jones is. Down his decline mm-hmm. turns him into a player more similar to Michael Thomas. I mean, Michael Thomas isn't stretching the field that much. Oh, not with his He's speed, a slant right? Guy yeah, yeah I hear with, you. you know, winning at the point of catch and physical is his mo, right? right? Like you. Julio Jones is currently a lot faster than Michael Thomas, or his best. Julio Jones at his best was a more of a burner than Michael Thomas. Oh, no question about that. Ever was, I, I right? don't know like, exactly where he is, is not me now. Saying, but, right? Like Michael right. Thomas is what Julio Jones is going to be, of course, but like. There's no reason. But I would still absent. rather take a, I would still rather have a younger wide receiver than I a I, than a 32 year old wide that. receiver. I, I would still I, don't disagree with I would still rather have that. But I don't think 32 is so old that I it negates. Derek Mason was once time a fast wide receiver. By the time he got to Baltimore, he was a different and, and he was a possession guy and, and he was still exactly, was able to do that right. in a beautiful way. And well, he did that past 35, well, of course. Um, and, you know, Steve Smith did that past 35. There are guys that have proven they can do that past 35. I don't even know that we're at that part of the Julio Jones story. I don't think so. There's been no real – when he's on the field, he's still treated like Julio Jones. Maybe last year was a bit of a pass of the torch where Calvin Ridley was sure. 1A. Was, right, was getting the attention. But even still, right, there's no reason for me to think if Julio Jones is on the Ravens, the defenses will not be looking at him and saying, damn it, that's Julio Jones. Right, no doubt. From uh, from Craig, Craig says, Glenn, very interested in Julio Jones. Would rather it be one of this year's picks because the Ravens have two in the first round because that makes us feel better at the end of the night that we still ended up coming away with a young player. But if it required them doing a first-round pick next year, I think I'd still be willing to do it. As fearful as I might be of what could go wrong, it just seems so unlikely that the Ravens would be picking any earlier than 22nd. Okay. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm willing to listen to that. Um, from, you know what? Hang on a second. We're about to be joined by Orlando Ledbetter. Let me tell you that this hour of the show has also been brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 410-401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. 
We're talking about Julio Jones this morning because not only are there reports and rumors about him being available via trade, but um, some people have installed the Baltimore Ravens as the favorites to land him, and we're trying to figure out exactly what that would mean, what it would cost, when it might happen, things along those lines. Let's continue to talk about it. Joining us now, he covers the Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program Mr. D. Orlando Ledbetter, who's with us here on GCR. Orlando, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hope you and your family are doing well. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, and I appreciate that. Yes, they are, and uh, looking forward to this draft. Glad to be on the show today. It's great to chat with you, man. Can can you give us a sense? Is, is this real? Is this worth all of the conversation that it's getting in terms of the possibility of the Falcons trading Julio Jones to anyone at any point this offseason? Yeah, it's something you got to look at, but, yeah, I think it's kind of overblown. They do have salary cap problems, uh, and uh, you know, but they've been addressing them all offseason. They redid uh, Matt Ryan's contract, Jake, Jake Matthews. Uh, they've also uh, redid Dante Fowler. So, you know, they it's an ongoing project. But, uh, you know, just the team kind of putting it out there that they've been answering their phone and people have been calling. Uh, you know, and they still got a you know a couple other options. One would be trading Julio, another would be uh, restructuring or redoing Grady Jarrett. Uh, they know exactly uh, where they are with the cap, and uh, not anything really new uh, about the rumors and so forth. Is there like is it a case where they're they're listening if they get bowled over? You know, like is there a scenario where they're not just going to trade Julio Jones for the sake of trading Julio Jones, but they could trade Julio Jones if, if someone's really interested in, in, in giving them something of significance for him. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, just uh, 18 months ago, they were able to get a second-round pick off of New England for, uh, you know, Muhammad Sanu, which, uh, uh, you know, they used to send to Baltimore to get Hayden Hurst. So, uh, and you all got J.K. Dobbins with it. So there's uh, definitely always that possibility. They need help along the defensive and offensive line. So amassing picks would be uh, something for them to do. And then, uh, you know, they kind of got Julio's replacement in Calvin Ridley already. Do you? Th- I mean, you mentioned that. Do you think that the fact that they got a second-round pick from Mohamed Sanu would make it so that they would have some sort of a – be really, say Julio it, Jones isn't worth it'd, a lot. It would be like, really hard to just right. take a second-round pick yeah. for Julio Jones and say it's worth the same amount as Mohamed Sanu at that yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, no question, but they'll be getting out of some salary cap money too, so you got to take that into consideration. Uh, that, you know, the, the salary cap room plus the second-round pick, you know, maybe enough. But uh, I understand both lines of reasoning. He is D. Orlando Ledbetter. He covers the Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Orlando, exactly where is Julio Jones, right? Like, you know, this is one of those things that, that we get caught up in, in, in. The Ravens have had a history of, of, of acquiring older wide receivers, some of which have worked out quite well for them, some of which were clearly very much at the end of their career and it, and it wasn't even a risk worth taking. But I, I, I know he missed time last year, but it, I don't know. Do we say that he's declining? It, it still feels like when he's played, he's played really good football. Yeah, no question about it. But, yeah, that was a very bad pandemic year for him because it looks like he played nine games. But there were two other games where he played one play and then uh, against Green Bay didn't play any in the second half. So it's really seven games. So, yeah, you want to know 
uh, the medicals. You want to know what type of shape he's in to carry on for, you know, if you want him for two years, maybe maybe three. I know when the Falcons got Tony Gonzalez late in his career, they were just thinking, and that was a second-round pick too, they were just thinking that, hey, well, we'll get him for a couple years and uh, that'll be good. But he was able to go for five more years and help him get to an NFC championship game. So, uh, you want to know where he's at health-wise. Tony didn't have any uh, breakdowns or any uh, uh, physical things where he was missing games. So you knew that the two years looked pretty good, and he'd probably make it through those two years. So uh, with Julio, I'm not sure. He had the big foot early on in his career. Now he's starting to get those explosive leg injuries with the hamstrings and so forth. So, yeah, the medicals would be uh, very important. What type of condition is he in? To carry on uh, at age 32. If we, let me go back to what you said, though. If we if we treated it more like that he played seven games a year ago, he still averaged more than 100 yards a game in that scenario, right? Like if you know if we if we ignore the two games in which he only played one snap, it, if he's healthy. We, we, we're we not yet at a place, in, again, and that's a big if, right? Like, I understand what I'm saying. is like, that's the part that matters. Now let's ignore it for a second. But but let's just play along if we can. If he's healthy, there's no reason to think he's not still that productive, right? Like, it's the age hasn't reduced what he's capable of doing on a football field just yet. No, uh, yeah, that's correct. And that would be a safe assumption uh, but I have a couple other comps where, you know, I went and looked back at uh, Larry Fitzgerald when he had a dip and then was able to come back and, and put up some big numbers. Uh, Roddy, Roddy White at 33, you know, was at the end there. They uh, tried to play him on a high ankle sprain, and then it never got better. Uh, matter of fact, I think they tried to play him in Baltimore on that. So, um, you know, is he, is he Larry Fitzgerald? Can he keep going? Or is he Roddy White at the end of the line? So, But there's no indications other than the hamstring from last year that, um, you know, which is, you know, should be fixable. It's not uh, ankle sprain. So that, um, that would be a reason to, to move in that direction. Obviously, there's no way to know this, but what is your gut on whether or not he's going to age gracefully, right? Like he's obviously played through injury a lot during his career, but do you think that's sort of going to catch up to him or do you think he could transition maybe into being perhaps less explosive, but a reliable possession type receiver? Yeah, I don't, um, yeah, I think he's got some, I think he's got some gas left in the tank. So let's just go ahead and say that. Say he gets healthy. Uh, now will he be the dominant, uh, you know, 1,600-yard guy catching 80, 90 balls, uh, you know, maybe he's not that anymore. Maybe that's, you know, DeAndre Hopkins' spear now. Uh, but, yeah, he's certainly a fine pro uh, with the potential to, you know, change the game, flip the defenses. You got, a, um, you know, somebody that can get it out to him deep, then, uh, yeah, you can still see him being functional. What you know of Julio Jones, the person, Orlando, you know, this is a different thing that's going on in Baltimore. And, I, and, I, and, and we don't know if there's even any practicality to this, right? But just hypothetically, is, is he the type that would be willing or able to go somewhere knowing his numbers are probably going to go down because the Ravens just aren't going to throw the ball as much? It's, it's just not what they do. This is going to be a Greg Roman offense, even if Julio Jones were to be a part of it. Is he able at this point in his career to say, 
I don't care about any of that. I just want to win a Super Bowl. That's all that matters. I already know I'm in the Hall of Fame. I don't have to worry about massive numbers every year. Or is it, do you think that could be an issue for him being in a place where the balls just aren't going to be thrown his way with the same frequency that they were with Matt Ryan? Yeah, I think his ego, he's never been an ego guy. Uh, not not the prima donna type. Did have a little contract code out there, but that was uh, that was that. Uh, he's the guy that I think helped this team. Basically, you know, if he if the um, coaches don't mess it up, won the Super Bowl with that catch along the <laughs> sidelines there. So he's gonna want to win. He's gonna want to go to a team where hey, you know, he may look at the Falcons and say hey, they're rebuilding, a uh, new coach uh, that wants to run, the, you know, uh, and so forth. But, I want to go with somebody that's going to compete, that's going to be in the hunt every year. And, uh, you know, these last couple of years and try to get a ring. So Baltimore would certainly fit that. Uh, and I think he'd be more than happy to come in and be a part of the cause there uh, and help all Lamar and the rest of the Ravens get over the hunt uh, that they've been trying to get to uh, get over in the last couple of playoffs. Uh, Orlando, the, the other one, the, the word is that if the Falcons were to do it, they would want to do it after the draft. They would want to get into June before they would make a trade like this. Is, is that Does that make sense? Given the cap ramifications, are, are those rumors about right that if this is something they're going to consider, it wouldn't be for a, a Thursday night pick. It would be for picks in next year's draft. Well, not they might take the picks now, but the, the the formality or the administration of the trade would be a post June one okay. deal to split the salaries um, from from twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, so you don't have to take all of the hit in one year. So that was a be a you know kind of an accounting type of deal. But yeah, they could they've made trades in the in the past that have been designated post June one. And you can you can do that under league rules. Okay, so so it's something that they could be in the market for uh, a, another pick on Thursday night, not necessarily waiting for twenty twenty two in order to get that. Correct. Okay, that's interesting. That that's definitely it. Makes the next couple of days even more interesting. Uh, now Orlando led better as we thought it was that they're, they're going to wait and and all of the trade would have to be for next year's picks. Um, uh, before we let you go, is there any chance that the Falcons th- are the team that throw that throws this entire draft haywire because they just say the hell with it and and take a quarterback? Is there any possibility of it playing out that way? Oh yes, no question about it. They're gonna, uh, you know, if, if uh, San Francisco takes Matt Jones, as everybody predicts, uh, Trey Lance and Justin Fields would be there. Justin Fields is from Atlanta, started his career at Georgia. There's a lot of support for him coming home to help be the uh, savior of the future of the franchise, you know, sit behind Matt Ryan, uh, just like Patrick Mahomes did in Kansas City. So, yeah, they could certainly throw the uh, throw a monkey wrench into the draft uh, scenario on Thursday night by doing that. Um, all right, now I promise this is the last one. Uh, we, we are fascinated. We are obsessed with getting to Atlanta to try the Magic City Wings, are they really as great as everybody makes them out to be? Is it worth risking it all in order to get to Magic City to try the Wings? No doubt about it. Highly recommend it. It's been a while since I've been down there, but uh, uh, outstanding kitchen. Uh, and outstanding uh, live entertainment. Uh, we will have to make the trip. We I'll have to do it. We have to get there. Uh, Orlando, it's at D Orlando AGC and at D Orlando LED. But like, should people be following both Twitter accounts? 
the work one is the one with all the work stuff. And if you want to, um, you know, follow my personal one with, you know, some of my own stuff, that's there. That's there for the folks also. Very cool. At D Orlando AGC and again at D Orlando LED. Orlando, greatly appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, sir. Uh, I know it's a crazy week. Uh, in, enjoy whatever part of it, parts of it you can enjoy and continued safety and health to everybody in your family, all right? Well, thank you very much, guys. Take care and thanks for having me. D. Orlando Ledbetter covers the Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, greatly appreciate him taking the time for us this morning here on GCR. We're into hour number two of the show from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. It's been brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether, no matter what, whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. So that's interesting. Um, you know, like we're trying to figure out about trading next year's picks. Sure. If the cost is, as I've said before, if the cost is 31, so be it for if you me. If somehow do a third this year and I, a I second mean, next year, then run to there, right? Like, would you rather, you would rather do would a third, rather do a, a second third this year a... and a second next year than the 31st pick. There's no doubt in my mind I'd rather do that. They have two third round picks. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. I, I get it. There's I, no doubt in my mind I'd prefer that. I get it. I guess that I think what I'm acknowledging is that I'm not in love with what I think is going to be there at 31. Like that's part of what I'm dealing with. I know they could find a starter on the offensive line at 31. Yeah. Okay. Like to say that some sort. I don't know who. Like if it's going to be a center, sure. If it's going to be a tackle, sure. I know there's going to be somebody there that they would deem a starting caliber offensive line. I hear you. There's no doubt in my mind there. That still gives them the opportunity to, if they feel so inclined, trading back out of 31. Right. Right? Like, getting more picks in this year's draft to supplant whatever you lose in the third this year. And you're still keeping that first next year. I mean, that's – I'm not – I'm not in love with the idea of stripping out the first round for next year's draft. I'm not in love with it. I'm not saying it's what I want to do. I'm saying in comparison – I think you can get it done without doing it. If they're this worried about the cap – I just it feels like know how it just feels are. like somebody else would step in and say, "Really, this is all this is all you want for Julio Jones? Really?" I, I don't know. Come don't, on, at thirty-two. I don't know. If, if you're the Raiders and you're trying to win now, and you don't, you still look. I I get it. Henry Ruggs is is a guy that we we think we see something in and and we like, but they clearly still have a desperate wide receiver need. And they didn't make a quarterback change, so they've they've got to to give this dude as much as they Aren't possibly they can. At like twenty though ish, right? Like twenty nineteen ish. What do you mean? Where are the Raiders picking in the first round this year? Right. Oh, like, okay, but what is that? I mean, it's it's worth more, right? Like, oh, if they were to trade their first round pick, right. I'm I'm saying like, if if you sit down and say we'll give you next year's second and this year's third. Mm-hmm. And somebody else says, we'll, we would do, too. we'll do a pair of seconds. Like, we've got our second round pick this year. We'll do this year's second and next year's second. That's already better. I, at some point, if it's set, if the if the word is, we'll just get this done right now, 31. 31 and it's done. Mm-hmm. I, I, okay. Yes, sure. I would rather pay less, of course. Why, why pay more when you can pay less? I would rather go to pay less shoes. Uh, my, that's where my mother did all of my shoe shopping over the years. I would rather that be the case, but if it required it, mm-hmm. if if it's look, this is done. Thirty-one, it's over. Thirty-one, you got Julio Jones, you got all the rest of your picks. Mm-hmm. Move on, and you still get to pick somebody at twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah, I'm 
I'm saying yes. Plain and simple, I'm saying yes. I mean, I, the medical part of it I get is still a, mm-hmm. an, an issue with all this, and that makes it, the medical part might make it so it's difficult to do this with the draft, right? It might I don't be. Know if they're able to get a look at him before and that's, Thursday. That's, that's right? part like, of the, that could be very well be part of the problem. Either they've had to do it kind of on the secret, right, which is possible, um, or if, if that's what's sitting there, if the Falcons look at it and say, if they get to the end of the first round and they're like, wow, we really do like this player, or let's just say hypothetically they are interested in a quarterback and they're the team that wants the fifth year on Kellen Mond or on Mills or on you know Kyle Trask, mm-hmm. whoever it is, and the draft plays out that way and they're sitting there and they say, you know what? We didn't take a quarterback at four. We didn't trade back to try to get our quarterback. We took Kyle Pitts or whoever it was at four. Mistake. Yeah, what a, what a terrible decision that would be to take Kyle Pitts. But we kind of like the idea of getting that fifth year. Getting that player, taking that 31st pick, could get us that quarterback with the fifth year. It might be difficult for the Ravens to pull off the trade because they haven't had the ability to medically know exactly where Julio Jones is. Although you'd like to hope if that's something that's they even... They shut him down. What week did they shut him down this year? Probably like 13, 13 right? I think. It was, did he have it surgery? Was, or it was a hamstring? It's probably not. I don't, I don't think so, no. I don't think he did. It was... Yeah, it was week 13. Uh, he, he attempted to go... Hang on a second. Let me pull this back up. I had this up. Uh, Julio Jones injury. There's this. There's a website now. That For Julio Jones injuries. No, it's called SportsInjuryPredictor.com. Sounds kind of. And weird. I don't know. I don't know right. who runs it, so I don't know how. Uh, but they like. They, this is a chance. What of, do they say about me? Uh, uh, chance of injury in 2021: 93 percent. What the hell is this website? Chance of injury per game: 15.3 percent. Uh, projected games missed for 2021: 2.4. Which like doesn't sound great, but. Seventeen I mean, games. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I'm not, I don't really I'm not, I'm not living and dying by it. Uh, on December 9th, Jones aggravated his hamstring injury after coming out of a Week 13 game against the Saints, and then he missed the last four to wrap up the season. I mean, you know, I never want to have hamstring injuries to keep you out for four weeks, but but it also might be that where they were at that point, like if right, if there's no reason to continue. To yeah, I don't, I don't remember because I, Lord knows, I was not paying attention to the Falcons I had him in at fantasy this point. In one league that I didn't care about that much, so it wasn't like I was. But I don't remember if it was a case of them saying, "Look, if the games right. mattered, we'd be able to I play them. Right, yeah. We're just not going to do that because the games don't matter anyway. So why would we do this to know. ourselves?" I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's still a worthy gamble, I would think. But you know, it's complicated. It's just a matter of what the market is and what teams would be willing to part with and what it would take for the Ravens I, to I do just, it. I can't fathom the price being as Leo Jones. I tend to agree. Get out to be for Julio Jones. I tend to agree. Right? Two I seconds just, feels too, too I just easy. can't fathom they're not being a team that says to themselves, that's it. And I get it. The cap complicates it. But as we always say with the cap, y- there are things that can be done to to like work. Why wouldn't the Dolphins, I mean, if they're... 1,000%. Why I mean, why wouldn't they just take Jamar Chase, I guess? I don't know. Like, they've already accumulated so many draft picks. I guess and they already acquired Will Fuller this offseason. Like... You know, they would still have the flexibility to try to de- trade Devontae Parker afterwards if there would be that team. But, yes, it, it, broadly, why wouldn't the Dolphins want Julio Jones? Or the Jets. They believe – the Jets, you can make the argument of they don't know that they're going to be good. You can make the argument of as much as th- 
first of all, they've, for fairness, they've already done something at wide receiver this offseason. It's not like they've sat back and... I mean, picks, and the Packers don't have as many picks. That's the only thing, right? Like the, the Packers, Packers are, have to mortgage. Because it would help Aaron Rodgers, and they're never going to do that. Yeah. They're never... That's the easiest one to answer. There's one team that's never going to help their quarterback. Well, I mean, the Ravens have been in that market, too. But the Falcons... Sorry, the Packers are absolutely... Somebody's going to say, hey, I got an idea. Let's go get Aaron a receiver. And they're going to say, What? A receiver? No, 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 no. We do that in the third round. And they do a pretty good job of it, by the way. <laughs> well, they also have Aaron Rodgers, yes. which helps. Well, it Brett helps. Favre helped too. Uh, yes. Uh, this is just an this is an excuse for you to bring up Brett Favre's name. Wasn't That's Donald all. Was. A sixth rounder? Something like that. He was a, he was a, a later round pick for sure. Uh, Jordy Nelson was a second round third pick. Third or second? I think he was One second. I think he was a second right. round pick. Um, but yeah, they don't they don't take receivers in the first round for sure. They ain't they ain't doing that, and they're not trading for Julio Jones because that's not how they do things. To be in fair, Green if you Bay. can develop a Devontae Adams, yeah, I mean I get it, right? Yeah. Like I mean I totally get it. How'd they do that? I I wish I had that answer, Chief. Didn't Boy, the did I hire the guy that coached him though? The, his private coach, yeah. yes. Keith Williams was his private coach, not Problem his solved. position coach. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully that means that next year Devin Duvernay will be Devontae Adams in some way. Um, but yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it for thirty-one. If that's if that was on the table, I'd do it and just say let's let's be done with it. Let's let's move on. Let's have a Julio Jones on this football team and go from there. I don't know if it's that simple. It it certainly tends to not be that simple. But if it can be, I'm in favor of the Ravens making that move if that's what it takes. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by, or you know, just a reminder about the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. Last night, Stand the Fan Ross Grimsley caught up with uh, Orioles Director of Alumni Relations, Bill Stetka, longtime PR man for the Baltimore Orioles. And you're not going to believe the get that they have for tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports. Stand the Fan, Gary Stein. They got him, they got their man. Glenn Clark joins the show tomorrow night to preview our draft coverage and uh, talk about what the Ravens might do over the course of Thursday and Friday night. Uh, all the stand shows are brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Again, uh, if you missed last night, go to facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or you can also find it at pressboxonline.com. Later on this hour, we're going to catch up with Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman. His show, The Big Boys Club, airs tonight on FS1. And we're going to find out about what he thinks the Ravens could do in replacing Orlando Brown. I've got a couple other things that are on my docket that I want to get to. And I haven't even mentioned that the uh, Suns beat the Knicks last night. Did you, did you see that? I didn't. Knicks had, won, no. Knicks had won nine in a row. Not anymore. Not anymore. The Wizards uh, win or Because they've got a long win streak, too. They had won eight in a row. They lost. It was a thriller, right? They lost a thriller. I watched. I've been off the Wizards train. What the hell happened to you? I don't care about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, I like I like young talent. <laughs> I like having a young guy that's going to be a star. Aren't you a Denny? Are you not a Denny guy? He hasn't been getting the touches that he needs. I've heard that he's like they they should be letting that dude run some point and like literally have the ball in his hands. They turned him into just a three and D guy. I didn't think I was a Chris Paul guy, but he showed up in a Suns uniform and suddenly he's the greatest basketball player in the history of ever. I I, I have I am what if you did not see the shot that he hit to ice the game away last night, it's the most ridiculous thing I've seen in my life. Not more ridiculous than Joel I'd, Embiid's missed shot. Well, okay, may, maybe. Or somebody would say the average three-pointer Steph Curry hits. But if we separate the Steph Curry universe from basketball because it's unfair to compare anything to Steph Curry. Where does that pertain this with is, the Marvel Cinematic I, They're going to have to figure that out in the upcoming films. By the way, uh, what is it? Shang-Chi looks really good. Is that the, the new I, show? 
No, it's the movie that's coming out in September. It's their first Asian superhero. Is it? Their first one they're turning into yeah, a, a yeah. movie. And I, I know I mean, I'm nothing. Sure it's be. But that's the thing. I know nothing about him. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. I, like, I know so little they're about doing it. doing a Moon Knight show. I'm excited about that. I don't know anything about Moon Knight's fun. I haven't. You know what? I haven't even watched last Friday. I haven't, watched, bit of I haven't watched. I haven't drum. watched the finale uh, from. Uh, I watched it already. It was good. I had. Uh, I had some other. Th- I was watching. I was so invested in in Padres Dodgers this weekend <laughs> that I didn't even get the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I probably finished Snowfall. Okay. Well, let's. Yeah, now we've done this portion of the program. Yeah. That's not what I had on the docket for for the we, next segment, yeah, we but it. we got to it. And you should go watch. Also checked out. That go show. watch the shot Chris Paul hit last checked night. Checked out the NBC show. Normally we do this the Peacock show. The the Ed Helms one. Yeah. I do want to watch that. It's, it's got its charm. Okay, it's I do want to. I do want to watch that. It looks like a show that I would enjoy. All right, uh, go go search the Chris Paul shot. It's phenomenal. Okay. It's outstanding. And then we'll come back in and and we'll do the stuff that I wanted to get to. That Glenn Clark Radio, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot. And then brew them, one cup at a time, for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 
18 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Uh, from Dan. Dan says, Glenn, did you see Lock and Fora say that the Ravens are fielding offers for the 31st pick? Are you as convinced as everyone else they're just going to end up trading out and acquiring more picks? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, to, to some extent, I'm not trying to knock Jason for reporting because I have no doubt like somebody told him that, so he felt the need. But the moment they acquired the 31st pick, everybody on the planet said, "Oh, they could probably they could use that to to get more picks. They could use it to maneuver." Whether to, it's to to to, right. to Kyle's point yesterday, why acquire the 31st pick if you didn't want the 31st pick? Right? Like, why not just just get Later picks, if that's what you're going to do, well, everything they were already doing with the Chiefs it might have just made it more difficult, and they just said this is what we're going to do. I, I have no idea. I have no idea what the Ravens are going to do. I just said I would trade the 31st pick for Julio Jones. I'd be more inclined. I, if you read my column yesterday at PressBoxOnline.com, I far prefer the idea of moving up. I have no appetite for moving back. It, this is a, your team is too close for me to think that the answer is guys that might take a couple of years, even if they turn out to be good players. This is not a knock on Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith turned out to be a great player. But the Ravens don't need guys. My caveat is only the, if you're going to, it's weird, but if you're staying under 40, I'm okay with it. If you're staying within the 30s range, I I, I, I can be okay with it. Taking another third, getting one more third round I mean, pick, I, right? I, I guess, right. And staying at thirty-seven, like that's something I would be okay with. I guess, and and I did just say earlier that I'm not sure that I'm in love with any of the options at thirty-one. But this goes back to why I'd prefer them to move up. I would prefer for them to be looking to move up. I'd be preferring for them to identify who the guys are and making sure instead of letting the draft come to them, making sure they get the guys that are set up to be studs wherever that is whether that's because they believe that Quiddy Pay really is the best of the edge rushers and it, it could make an impact sooner than any of these other edge rushers could. There's a serious difference between Quiddy Pay and Jason Owe, Joseph Asai, Joe Tryon, whoever it is, Boogie Basham, all of those guys, Zizo Jalari. were both guys that didn't quite produce the way that you would have wanted from guys in college. But, you know, but to yet, for some reason... they producers, right? Like, I, uh, I get it. It's tough. I mean, you know, Quidipay was he's an incredible athlete. He's There has been this weird coalescing around Quidipay as being the guy. And I I'm not going to pretend like I've done enough work to tell you why it is that I think that is or if it even if it even really is versus just being posturing. 
I, I, I can't tell you that, but there's been this weird coalescing. And if that's the case, if there's something about Quiddy Pay well, and you say... I certainly know about them. I mean, I mean sure, they've got, they've, they've got inside information, if you will. If they know Quiddy Pay is that guy... Go get that guy. Now, to your point, or not, you're not really making it, but you could allude to it. If they don't think there's that much of a difference between Quiddy Pay and Jason Owe, I get it. But I'd still rather have Jason Owe than trading back and and taking whatever is there. I'm I am more I have far more inclination to move up and get the guys that can be impact players now than guys that can be helpful now impact players down the road. That they got to be pass rushes is a weird one for me, right? Like and I'm not the scout, so their board is all that matters. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is Quiddy Pay at 15 and everybody else at 30, right? No, I hear you. But it feels like at one of 27 or 31, probably more likely 27, right? Like one of Rousseau, Phillips, Owe, yeah, Pay, Tryon, all those guys, right? Yep, Ojolari will be there. Well, there's almost no doubt that one of them will be there, but the question becomes: right, I don't know what, what their boards say. Right, and 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 maybe they really do say none of these guys are all that different. Any one of them would be fine, but if there's one, go get that one. Mm-hmm. Go go get the difference maker. Go get the game changer. If Rashad Bateman's that guy, go get him. It could be Tevin Jenkins. Could be, you know, most people seem to think Tevin Jenkins will be around at that point in the draft. If if you believe that much in him, and you know you're you you've got intel that there's a team that loves him, and or if Rashawn Slater falls to fifteen or sixteen, right? Like any of those scenarios, I I am so much more interested in. I I get it. I will not be surprised remotely if the Ravens trade out of the 31st pick. I will not be remotely surprised by it. I, I'm not going to be remotely surprised if somehow they traded out of both picks. I not take that back. I'd be surprised by them trading out of both. Pretty picks. disappointed in that. Be a very difficult night for me if if, if they trade out of both picks. If you want to see me lose my mind, I by the way I will need a ride back from Looney's Perry Hall because Jeremy and I will drink all of the disgusting booze that can be found uh, at Looney's on Thursday night. Reminder: We'll be at Looney's Perry Hall Thursday night for our. Our draft, uh, our uh, Project Game Day draft special, myself, KZ, and Jeremy, but more importantly, it's a uh, party that's being hosted by Great Eights Memorabilia, Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland, and Gus Edwards. Get your meet and greet tickets right now, Mission Ticks and Great Eights Memorabilia.com. That's the number eight, Great Eights Memorabilia.com to get your meet and greet tickets, and the money is going to Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. You can save eight bucks right now by using the code GLEN, G-L-E-N-N, in order to get your tickets for Thursday night to meet Gus, to hang out, get your picture and autograph. There'll be a lot of other great stuff going on, including um, uh, raffles and a mini silent auction and food and drink specials. It's just going to be a fun night, Thursday night at uh, Looney's Pub at Perry Hall. From uh, from Ryan. Ryan says, Glenn enjoyed the conversation. I don't know what's playing right now, Love but it. I don't think I want it. Therapeutic. Yeah, I'm, I'm uninterested. Enjoyed the kind... The con- enjoyed the conversation with Zach Lowther earlier on this morning. You mentioned the idea of some point him being in the rotation. Do you believe the Orioles are going to put Dean Kramer back in the rotation? Yes. Or do you think they are considering other options? No reason they wouldn't be having Dean Kramer. I mean, have the they rotation. announced? I mean, I don't even know if they've announced. 
I mean, Kramer pitched well his last time out, relative to what he was doing I earlier. Mean, I mean, there's like this is right. what, are we, what are we doing here, right? Like, what are we doing here if we're not letting guys with reason to believe they could be major league starters try? Uh, for what it's worth, they have not announced tomorrow's starting pitcher yet. But how does that how does that work out with when they sent Kramer down? It was ten days from like a week ago, probably, roughly. If I had to Wait, think, say that they put him, they sent him down. He made his start on last. On, week I thought he made it on Sat on Saturday, right? So then they sent him down Saturday or Sunday. So that would be a right at about Wednesday the, or t- Thursday. It would be right at about the ten day mark. I mean, it would be right at about the ten day mark. They could bring it back. So yes, it would seem. I, I maybe and by the way, maybe it's already been reported. Maybe Dean Kramer or Rockabaco or somebody has already reported. Well, the that's guy, the plan. The expected starter. I don't know. Um, but I just haven't poked around on that. I mean, the Orioles don't have enough starting pitching to just not pitch Dean Kramer when he's ready, you know? Um, so Joe Trezza said over the weekend that Brandon Hyde says Zach Lowther is here to cover innings for the time being, but as a candidate to start down the road, the O's are currently listing Wednesday starter, which would have been Dean Kramer's rotation spot as TBD. So that doesn't sound like they're, him, they're committed to it being Dean Kramer. I just don't understand why it wouldn't be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why it wouldn't be either. Um... Unless they were like hated so much what they saw, but again, or, or, he, had his, he was coming off his best performance of the year. Or maybe, or maybe they really wanted to get Keegan Aiken to start, and he wasn't ready to start on Saturday, but they think he'd be ready to start on Wednesday. Well, if this so. question is only regarding Wednesday, right? Right. Then sure, it could be somebody else. But about DNA Kramer as a in a macro sense, it would it would seem like you'd want to put him back in the rotation yeah. and and unless again unless there's something and unless innings, there's innings one, are a factor here, right? They surely aren't trying for example, to get 150 they, out of guys. If they this year. don't love how much he w- or when he was using his curveball or not having trust in the curveball, well, whatever it is, command was shaky. I will right, if they, or if they said specifically. We want you to make a couple of appearances at the alternate site to work on this. Then we'll put you back in. Maybe you know, like maybe that's the case. I don't know. But even still, right? Like any scenario where Dean Kramer is is just well, they're done. They have decided he's there's that doesn't exist. I mean, he's no. I don't. I don't think that at all. He is going to be in the Orioles rotation. Yeah. Within a month at most, I would imagine, barring yeah. injury. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's the case whatsoever. I guess I would. I would add to it though, to 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 this point, to what Ryan was talking about. If if they need a starting pitcher, if they they knew they need a starting pitcher this week, and didn't call up Zach Lowther to be the starting pitcher, it says to me that they're not prioritizing. Hey, we need to get Lowther here to be a starter anytime soon. It says to me more like. That'll be an option at some point, and none of us think Jorge Lopez, for example, is long for the rotation, mm-hmm. and there will, unfortunately, as much as we knock on wood, there will be injuries that will occur. That's going to happen. Those those opportunities are going to come at some remember. point, when they st- but it doesn't feel as though what they are thinking is, we've got to get Lowther here now and get him into the rotation. Because was David Hess, did he make an appearance first as a starter or a reliever? I think he made a starter. He right? made a, it was a doubleheader. Successful start. He pitched, he pitched well. Quite, yeah. Well, he gave up a three-run homer early. Yeah. I was that this game. He gave up a three-run homer early, and then he really settled down and pitched nicely. But, I mean, ultimately, this is kind of just the nature of pitching this year, frankly, is the bullpen is fluid, and they're going to use any arms they have at their disposal to piece it together with all these options that these guys have, right? Like, they're flexible. And yep. there's no reason for them not to be. Yep. 
No question about it. No question about it. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation. Act now. Beat the rush at Window Nation. We'll give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Uh, because uh, he's got his own shows to do. We had to do this a little bit earlier on today, but an opportunity to catch up with one of our favorites, Mr. Jeff Schwartz, before his show on FS1 tonight. Let's take a listen right now here on GCR. Okay. Excellent. Three, two. That was bad editing on my well, part. Of course, with the Ravens particularly having traded Orlando Brown Jr. now, we absolutely believe that they are in the market for some big boys in the draft this week. And joining us now to ta- now to tell us more about those big boys is the man who's hosting the Big Boys Club tonight, 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1, the O-Line Draft Academy. It's a pleasure, as always, to welcome back in Fox Sports analyst and former O-Lineman himself, Mr. Jeff Schwartz to GCR. Jeff, it's Glenn. It's good to talk to you, as always, man. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for taking the time. I am great. We're just a couple days out from the draft. Finally, enough draft like like speculation and whatnot coming to an end, and my show's out tonight. It's fabulous. Dude, this is such a cool idea. First of all, how do you how do you handle catering for a big boy club, by the way? Like like who <laughs> who foots that bill? So I don't know who I don't know who foots the bill. Uh it wasn't me, but I'll tell you what, on on the show you'll see tonight, um, we had a, a great time with uh with a, a big dinner that we had. So my buddy uh Duke Mannyweather who trains a bunch of these offensive linemen, yeah. he's kind of the catalyst for making this really work. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to do this. You know, they're all four of the five guys are all training at one spot, so it makes it pretty easy um, to to, you know, to do a show like this. So, you know, the ability for for us to do that. But Duke, he got on the grill one night. He got on his trainer, man, and we had we had beef. Uh, we had wagyu beef ribs that he Oof. picked up at Costco. Um, yeah, Duke went Duke went hard, and it was uh, a very very fun time. And um, I hope you guys enjoy special and you know i say all the time on my twitter and obviously my, my podcast you know my goal is to try make everyone a smarter football fan i think it's a lot of fun we can have very smart discussions about ball and just teach everyone the game and this is an opportunity to really do that just because you know there is a not a lack of, lack of knowledge of offensive line player of course uh, but there's real thirst i think for learning about about how it works and i think this is a really great opportunity for everyone to, to see that happen. All right, I want to talk about a couple of the guys that are involved with this tonight specifically, but I, I want to tie it into what's going on here in Baltimore, if I could, Jeff. So let me work backwards, then we'll work forwards. Okay. Um, working backwards, they traded Orlando Brown, you know, the circumstances being what they are. He wanted to play left tackle. They've got a left tackle. It's what it is. They they were able to I make like a trade. trade. by the way. Okay, t- why, why do you like it? Well, for a couple of reasons. One is that, you know, if you're not going to pay the guy – you might as well get some value for him, right? And the, and and they did. Like they weren't going to pay him, and I get it. He's a valuable piece of that offensive line, but they weren't going to pay him. And instead, they got they got you know assets for him, which I think is kind of the goal all the time, right? If you're trying to to build a team, is if you lose someone to get some more assets for him. Um, and, you know, Brown I know wants to play left tackle, but he's going to a much different offense now. So they're you know he's going to get a chance to do that, but um, you know he's going to have to. To pass protect 250 more times, so we'll see if he's able to to do that. Uh, you know what jumps out at me though, Jeff, is like I, I I agree that in the context of you probably needed to make the trade, you you got creative, you you did about as well as you possibly could. There is still this other thing that lingers over Ravens fans, which is 
okay, but the team that you gave him to is the team that you've got to get past to somehow win the AFC, and you presumably just made them better. And I get your argument. You know, he still has to show that he can hold up as a pass protector a little bit more over the course of the year, but he was really good at left tackle last season. I, It, it is a tough pill to swallow to know that the job of beating the Chiefs might have just gotten a little bit more difficult. I mean, I, I understand that. Um, and that's definitely a valid, you know, kind of criticism or concern if you're if you're a Ravens fan. I mean, that you you want to beat them, but you know, I'm I, they could have just drafted a tackle thirty one two. I mean, right. like, it wasn't like they were going to be void of tackles. They, they would have someone play. And look, yeah, but they had the someone play in the Super Bowl, and that didn't go so. Well. <laughs> right. I mean, it, you know, it, it, you know, it's honestly could be as simple as as the Ravens. Maybe they don't think he's that good. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's maybe a. a, a Maybe too harsh to say about a player who's played well, but maybe they just don't feel that he is um, as good as people want him to be, right? Like that's that's part of that evaluation as well. So maybe that's they're thinking, hey, maybe he's not as good, and he's maybe sheltered by the you know by the offense. We think Stanley is better than him. Maybe we want to draft Tavon Jenkins from Oklahoma State in the first round right. to replace him. So now we got someone cheaper who we like better who. It'd be fits. We want to do more, and we got assets back for Leonard. It's just hard to question the Ravens. I think they do a really good job at this. It, you know, these transactions. Obviously, we'll see how it plays out in the end. All right. So let, let me cover two names before we get into the draft, guys. There are two names that are out there that the Ravens have either already brought in or are going to bring in potentially to be their right tackle. One, I don't understand that at all. It, it, can you explain to me if if there's something I'm missing in Alejandro Villanueva? Because I, I see a guy who's not a run blocker, who's on the decline, and has never played right tackle. The, the word is they feel like they're going to sign him. I think that's got to be a backup plan if Ronnie Stanley's not ready for week one. I cannot fathom him being a 17-game right tackle in a predominant run offense. I think you're onto something there. It, it does feel very unlikely that he would be a starter for them, more of a kind of a veteran backup. I mean, we've seen teams do this. I mean, you know, the Bengals and Riley Reef. I, I don't think they – Want him to start a tackle? I mean, he might have to, right? The, the Chiefs have signed Mike Remmers back this year. I, I think they would hope that, that Orlando Brown and the draft pick out of TCU end up being their, their two tackles. And it feels like, you know, Villanueva is able to do that. The one, the one thought I have, though, about what they're doing offensive line is maybe they're changing the offense. Um, you know, maybe they're going more pass-heavy. Maybe they're deciding to do things differently because obviously – while the offense has been very successful in, in the regular season, it has not been as successful I mean, in the postseason. Yeah, I hear you. It's just it's, and, t- it's tough to yeah. fathom that with, with Greg Roman, right? Like, we just we right. know no, this is what Greg Roman correct. does. No, and, and, and look, and, and that's obviously, you know, that's all part of this, right? Is it's, it's Greg Roman has not been a guy that's been willing to change his offense. Not, not that he's not, he just really hasn't been asked to change his offense very much. Right. So it does feel unlikely that he would do that. But I'm just trying to think about ways which makes a little bit more sense. And that is one of the ways, you know, because look, everyone says, well, you're, it's unfair to talk about Lamar Jackson and this offense negatively when you don't talk about this off. The problem I have with the Ravens offense is that in the postseason, it just looks vastly different than the regular season, right? Like, you know, yeah, yes, the Chiefs had a bad game in the Super Bowl, but that was their first bad playoff game under Mahomes, right? right. They, look, they look sort of the same whether they're playing in the playoffs or not. And mm-hmm. the Ravens just have it. So they have to kind of find a way to break through. And, you know, maybe it is 
throwing the ball more. But again, to your point, that's never really been what, what Greg Roman has done in his offenses. Well, the, the other name that's out there before we get on to the draft, guys, Jeff Schwartz with us on GCR, is Dennis Kelly from the Titans. That one makes – and I'm not trying to uh, – over- as a short-term potential answer, that seems to make more sense. Someone who's played right tackle in a run-dominant offense, he wasn't overwhelming, but you know, w- was good enough that if you don't have a better option, it feels like that one might make a little bit of sense. Yeah, and I think he again that might be a kind of a, a backup guy. Like, hey, we don't, you know, we we miss on our options in, right. in the draft. Right. Let's sign, you know, let's sign Kelly, and and you know, it's thirty-one. I mean, really, well, they have the 27 and 31, right? Yes, two correct. On the first round. I mean, you, you have, I mean, Jenkins feels like, the kid from Oklahoma State feels like the guy they would target in that spot, um, either one of those spots. And obviously they can package things and move up, which doesn't feel like their cup of tea to maybe get a Rashawn Slater if you feel that he'll, he's kind of dropped too far. Maybe you trade up and package him. It doesn't feel like they're, you know, what they've done historically. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they can, they can add to that offensive line – and really improve their team, I think, in the first round. Let me let me go somewhere as we get into what we're going to see tonight on the Big Boys Club, 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1, because two of the guys that you're having on, one of which we've had on our show, and that's Quinn Miners, who's just um, – oh, I mean, what, he's the best. He's the, he's the star of stars in this draft, man. He is unbelievable. He spent 10 days hanging out by himself in the wilderness once, just, just for, in the woods, just hanging out, having fun. Um, and then the other one being Creed Humphrey. So I, and I think we're both we're intrigued by them because the Ravens are, are being very coy about their thought process. And my gut and what I've been poking around about is that they are they're giving themselves options. They have the option of moving Bradley Bozeman back to center. Um, the way that he played in college, he was very good, but he was also an outstanding pulling guard, playing left guard. I think if they could come away with a a quality center in the draft, they would be happy to leave Bradley Bozeman at guard. Is it a better draft for them to be looking for a guard or for them to be looking for a center right now? Depends where you're drafting, right? I mean, if you're, eight, I think at 31, Landon Dickerson or Creed Humphreys will be there, and those are two guys that I think would be, you know, very important in your offense. You know, Creed Humphreys from Oklahoma, um, you know, he's probably not the road grader that Landon Dickerson is at, at Alabama. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's not it's at all slight to Creed Humphreys, um, but the thing about him is he's just been healthier, right? I mean, the, the issue with, with Landon is his health. And, you know, that, that kind of, I think, might drop him down a board. So maybe you get Landon in the second round um, and you can go, you know, with, with a couple of guys on defense. I just, I, I think that there's no guard you're drafting at 31 right now. Okay. Like, there's, that, that's more of a, there's, I mean, I think the only, the only guard tackle we're going to see go that early in the draft is uh is elijah vera tucker out of usc and he is a guy that i i would put him at guard but plenty of people view him as as a tackle as well so he's he's the guy maybe to the giants at 11 i mean vera tucker's gone by 15 i think i don't think he gets past minnesota so you know you're in that spot there where the best the next best lineman is either going to be um, a tackle and it could be jenkins it could right. be the kid from um from Notre Dame as well, Eichenberg, um, or yeah, or you wait until uh, in the second round to, to get a guard. But there's that first round pick is going to either be tackle or center. So the unfortunate part is now the Ravens at the moment don't have a second round pick because that went away in the Chiefs trade. So they're sitting with those two picks, and then not again until closer to a hundred. Um, and 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 again, you know, it could solve this problem there. I guess the question becomes. If it, if we're talking about center, we bring up the two names in Dickerson and Humphrey, but let's throw Miners in. Is Miners someone that could be available later that you believe 
can be a quality starting center on day one for an NFL team? Um, the day one thing is interesting because you know, he he played and he you know he'll talk about it you know this on the show you know he played at Division three right I mean it's a big jump from Division no three scheme wise to to you know to to the NFL and I and I. I'm not saying at all that he can't do it, but that that is a big jump. And so I'm curious, you know, if if day one that jump is able to be made uh, mentally. I mean, it's just it's a big difference. I think he will be an outstanding pro, but that might be somewhere where you're like, you know what, maybe you know maybe we need to to wait you know eight eight weeks to get him ready to play that position. Um, but Quinn's going to be a great pro, and I'm not supposed to play favorites, and I probably should play favorites with especially with uh, with. Um, with Panay Sewell being in the show, but Quinn, man, he is just the best. Oh, no doubt. Like, he's great. No doubt. Um, and I'm rooting for all these guys. Well, we're all in on it. Like, it's going to break my heart when he ends up somewhere besides Baltimore because we are so all in on Quinn Miners. Um, but, I mean, but that's the problem. The Ravens need someone on day one right now. They, somebody's got to snap the football last year because it killed them a year ago. Uh, all of the issues they had in snapping the football, particularly in the Buffalo game, it was disastrous for them. So they've got to find someone who's going to snap the football, and, and it could be I, – I, let me go back to the Bozeman thing with you. Would you be inclined to say, hey, look, this guy is playing really well at the position that he's at. Don't mess with that. Or would you fall back on, well, yeah, but he was a really high-level center. If we've got a center problem, that's more important. Deal with it with somebody that we know can play the position. You know – I would leave someone at the position that they're playing well at now because I think you can get yourself a center at 31 and then you have two quality linemen instead of going with, you know, hey, you know, let's move him back to center and then maybe we get a guard somewhere in the draft. I mean, you could pretty much secure two positions there, keeping him where he's at, plus drafting the center at 31. You know, this is the thing about you know, the way we talk about offensive linemen in the draft, and we don't do this with other positions, I think, um, is, oh, we'll just get someone later. Right. Uh, uh, all right. I mean, this the Bengals are dealing with this now, right? All the Bengals said, "Oh, we'll just get, uh, we'll get, you know, we'll get someone in the second round." All, all right. Yeah. I mean, sure. I, I guess. But if the best player available on your board is there at thirty-one, and it's Creed Humphreys, take Creed Humphreys. Yeah. I know. I and look, we're jaded by that in Baltimore because they found Marshall Yonda in the third round once upon a time, right? So there's this thought that you can always go get Marshall Yondas. They, look, they, they and, ain't and there. I, and I think, and look, I I was talking about draft pick. I get it. Like I get being drafted late and getting your opportunity. Um, and there's just all, I mean, David Bakhtiari, the Packers, I think it was a fourth round draft pick, right? Best pass blocking. You can definitely find linemen late in the draft. There's no doubt about it. But when you're in the position to improve your, your offensive line now, I'm of the opinion you get it done now, right? Like that's the way I would look at it. Of course, you know, there's Marshall Young does. There's, there's all these stories about guys being drafted. And Young's in the third round. It's not really later in the draft. Right. But Guys drafted later in the draft that, that do the job, but again, I don't know if teams are drafting those players with the um, with the uh, with the thought of day one starter. Like I mean, Yanda might have been drafted as, as a day one starter, but you know, third round pick, and especially back when he was drafted, you know, guys Lyman didn't play right away. That wasn't a thing that happened. Yep. And so I don't know if they looked at him as, as day one bona fide Hall of Fame player. Um, Yes, it worked. Nowadays, it worked Lyman out quite is, well for them. Obviously, oh, obviously. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I loved watching Yanda play. And I hope he, he does make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, an unbelievable player. But but who knows what the intention was at the moment? Worked out okay. All right, Jeff Schwartz, uh, wrapping up tonight again. The Big Boy Club 
Uh, just just run me through. What are we going to see tonight? What are we going to learn about these five guys that you're working with? I mean, we'll learn about how offensive linemen think, how we process film, how we prepare, how we train, how we think about the position. Um, it's really an inside look. And, and, you know, maybe the Ravens end up drafting one of these players. It's unlikely, but, I mean, Quinn Miners will be there. Trey Smith is a guard who – who could be very useful in, in that offense. Uh, no doubt about that. And I think Creed Humphrey is interesting, too, for sure. All right, that's tonight, 7 o'clock, FS1. Jeff, anything else we can plug for you that you got going on this week? I, on my podcast, uh, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. Uh, we have a mock draft out. Uh, we took um, the, the two producers, really the three producers, uh, and we got on together and did a, a little fun mock draft. Got some trades in there. Just, you know, just basically you know, a rundown of, obviously, uh, you know, all the draft picks. It was a lot of fun. Excellent. Go check that out right now at Jeff Schwartz on Twitter as well. Jeff, always appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's do it again soon, all right? All right. Take care. So some interesting stuff in there from Jeff Schwartz. Um, more inclined to leave Bradley Bozeman at guard than to move him to center. And I probably feel the same way, but if they don't come away with a center, right. they're going to they're gonna have to move Bradley Bozeman. The, like, the nature of this is you don't have to force anything. Yes, that's the idea is to keep that flexibility. If the draft comes to you and you get a center, then you play that center. If you don't, then that's it's going to have to be your option. Like it's going to have to be the the bullet that you fire from your gun is Bradley Bozeman becoming your center. And at some point, I know KZ's pointed this out a lot. You got to figure out if Ben Powers or Ben Bredesen or some of these guys can play. And Bredesen. Is it both Ben? Yeah, they're both Ben. Hmm, maybe I'm just crazy. I, was, I mean, you think of Brad Bergeson? I always do think of Brad Bergeson. Is that, is that what's going on there? Perpetually think of Brad Bergeson. I don't. I don't know why you try to make 35. him. A, I don't know why you would try to make him a Brad. But yes, they're definitely both Ben. Yeah. yeah, they're definitely both Ben. Ben Bredesen. Yes. Brad Bradison. That's not a thing. But Brad Bergeson was a thing once mm. upon a time. Yeah. Once upon a time. Agree to disagree. No. Um. Not. Not gonna do that. Well, he's got it's not the way it's gonna work. Took a fastball or a so, ground ball right up the middle of his shin and never was the same. So uh, and and Tyree Phillips presumably is going to play somewhere next year. It's just a question of whether or not you find a tackle and then he plays left guard if Bozeman plays center or if Bozeman's playing guard. I I would think it's got to be a priority to get Tyree Phillips on the field and so maybe. Maybe it's more like what they did a year ago with if they sign Dennis Kelly, it becomes a timeshare between Dennis Kelly and, and Tyree Phillips at right tackle. It's weird. It's it's unnatural, but they 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 did it a year ago, and they, they kind of got away with it after uh, Orlando Brown had to move to left tackle. So it, and maybe that's what they – maybe in their mind, signing Alejandro Villanueva isn't a way of saying we think he can be a, a 16 or 17-game right tackle, but we're not – fully committed to um, Tyree Phillips being the guy just yet, and this is our backup plan for Tyree Phillips. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly where that's going to end up playing out. But I would, in a in a vacuum, I'd prefer to leave Bradley Bozeman at guard and to find your center for the coming years. We'll see if that's what plays out during the course of the draft. Today's show has also been brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary at Glory Days Grill, and they're doing it with just an unbelievable celebratory menu, including the smoky thigh wings, which will save you from your sins. The double bacon and cheddar burger, the zucchini fries, the barbecue chicken bowl with the ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA, the turtle cheesecake, it's all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com right now. 
We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular, and we'll wind things down so I can go make the equipment work. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Ruling with Great Ace Memorabilia. I want to invite you out to Looney's Pub, Perry Hall, on Thursday, April 29th from 7 until 10 p.m. as we raise money for Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. The NFL Draft Party is going to be hosted by Baltimore running back Gustav Bus Edwards, and this is a free, family-friendly event good for everyone to come to. Meet and greet tickets are on sale at missionticks.com or Great Ace Memorabilia. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis's career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR, winding down from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's show brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797, C3America.com to get your free analysis. 
We are going to try to wind down at a fairly normal time today. Got a lot of work to do in order to make this happen at uh, Looney's Pub Perry Hall on Thursday night. We just ordered a ton of new equipment to do remote broadcasts. So I've got to figure out how all that equipment works because that's that's the way it goes around here. I'm I'm in charge of these types of things. I was told last night, John Colson said, well, hey, I can come out to be like your engineer. I said, great. You're not qualified for that either. <laughs> we got two unqualified people set to run a broadcast. It's gonna go well, but no, I'm 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 confident that I will figure it all out. Uh, Josh Shroke has been helping me out with it. Looking forward to hanging out on Thursday night. Uh, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you by KNS Automotive in Hamden for over 40 years. KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from oil changes to major body work, they've got you covered at KNS. 410-235-6660. Go to knsimports.com. That's KNS Automotive, knsimports.com. Talking baseball here. We're talking baseball. Now, of course, Baltimore Orioles have been buoyed by the performance of former Bowie Bay Sox, Cedric Mullins. Hey. Who this season I mean, has I, been I, absolutely And we should have spent more time. Mashing. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. pleasant to see, obviously, guy you can root for and love rooting for, no reason not to root for, and... He is on fire at the plate, hitting 365 with a 419 on base percentage and 576 slugging percentage through 22 games this season in stark contrast to, well, uh, 22 games in 2019 when he hit 94. That's .094. Ooh, Ooh th- hang on. All right, go, go ahead, finish. We'll 181 talk. and 156 on his slash line back then and yeah happy that he's doing so much yeah, yeah, better no, it's unbelievable and he's a great guy and of course uh he's doing great uh but maybe not quite as great as Shohei Otani who um is back and better than ever at the major league level uh, maybe just as good as he was back in Japan and he is dominating both on the mound and at the plate, uh, he actually had a disappointing pitching performance as he allowed three runs. <laughs> the guy sucks. He still struck out nine and scored three runs Why not? to his own right. He is now tied for the most homers in the American League. He has the highest strikeout per nine of all American League starters. He has the fifth most runs scored and the sixth most R. B.I.s. He hit a baseball 113.8 miles per hour last night and threw a baseball 99.3 miles per hour while sprinting 29.3 feet per second. Seems good. All of those qualify as elite. And he's a pretty tough critic. He gave himself a 5 out of 100 yesterday for his command. (laughs) The real problem is going to be because he's not like a defender. You know what I mean? He can play outfield. They just don't play him in the outfield. Right, correct. And and understandably so because he's not a defender. Can he beat out his own teammate for MVP when Mike Trout's war is going to be significant? I say significant. It's going to be higher for sure because of defense. Sure. But Shohei, like it feels like some. I don't know. It's interesting. How much, you know, could a pitcher combined with Nelson Cruz? Right, but, okay, but like right, right now, uh, Mike Trout's sitting at a 1.7 war. Shohei Otani's sitting at 1.0. Sure. Presumably, 
that pace is going to continue. I, it's it's a weird. Should we just fall into the trap of war is how we determine an MVP? What is it good for, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Or should we say this dude is doing something completely unheard of that just makes him the MVP even when the Angels finish 500? Baseball is better for it. That's I agree with that. damn sure. He is one of shame nine. That all of the baseball stuff is happening on the West Coast. I know, right? Real shame. He is one of nine players so far this year with at least seven home runs. How many of the other eight can you name? I assume Fernando Tatis. Seven for Tatis. He had five this weekend. Seven in 15 games. Um, who else is hitting home runs? Is it Nelson Cruz? Seven for Cruz. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Acuna? Seven for Acuna. Now it gets a bit more tricky. Javi Baez? No. Is there a Cub? There is a Cub. Chris Bryant? No. He's on my fantasy team, just so you know. Not Brian, uh, but the Cub. Uh, the cub. Now, yeah. now I'm going to get that it. That should help you, I think. It's not Rizzo. No. It's not, uh, is it Contreras? It is indeed okay. Wilson uh, Contreras. Weird. Seven I would not have, for Contreras. I would not have gotten that. Um, how about Devers? No. Is there a Red Sox? There is. Um, Possible last year may have been an aberration. Oh, J.D. Martinez. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah J.D. Sure. Martinez back yeah. hitting 370 what the hell with there, a 446 right? yeah. on base percentage and 753 slugging percentage. What a weird story that is. Uh, is there a Yankee? No. They suck, remember? I do, I do know that they suck. That is true. Uh, is there a is there a uh, is there a Dodger? No. That's kind of surprising. It is. Is there another player for any of the teams? Any of the guys that I've named so far? Is there another Brave, for example? Is there another? There are no teammates. Okay. On the list. Is there a National? No. Is there a Philly? Yes. Harper. He leads all of baseball oh. in home runs. No. Two last night for this fella to bring him to eight. Oh, uh, a Hoskins. It is indeed Reese Hoskins, who despite having an on-base percentage of 293, has eight home runs. Is that everybody? No, you are oh. missing one, two, three. Jesus Christ. One uh, of these guys is probably deserving of a guess. The other two I don't expect you will name. Oh, Good. Good. Is there an Indian? No. Is there a red? Yes. Eugenio? No. Castellanos? In a deep fly ball. The Castellanos. So awkward. <laughs> so awkward every time. Seven for Nick Castellanos. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever broadcast. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. That's going to be a home Can't run. script it. <laughs> um... All right, so I'm missing two more. You are. Is there a White Sox? No. Probably should have guessed that. Is there a Tiger? No. These are two teams. Is there a Brewer? Both picked for fewer than 78 wins this year. Uh, the Mariners. No. The Rockies. Yes. I I don't. Story. No. <laughs> I don't know if I know who it. 
I think that's the only Rocky I know, dude. Ryan McMahon has Who seven. is that? He's a Rocky. Well, I mean, wait a second. Now, so all the rest of Vince McMahon's kids became yeah. wrestlers. This is the one, this is the one that got yeah. away. Ryan McMahon. Jesus. Who is Ryan McMahon? He's a first base slash second baseman slash. Say so. Uh, the other team is the Rangers. No. The other team is the the Mets had more. They were predicted to win more than 78. The uh, Pirates. No. The Marlins. No. The the Orioles. No, no, no. <laughs> Probably would have known that. Uh, the 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 Rays are certainly projected to have more wins. They than were the Giants. No, I don't think this team was projected. It's, it's the Athletics were projected to no, have more wins. No, no, no. Unless this team is just supposed to be way better than the I'm Diamondbacks. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think they were probably right around there. Were they? Yeah. I mean, I believe you. I just, I have no clue. Uh, I also have no clue who it is. It's first name and last name, same letter starting. Oh God! If you had told me that, I think that's a fun hint. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's, I don't, I don't know. I was gonna, uh, so I guess it's gonna be Marte, but it's not, no, because that's a K and an M. Thank you. That's I don't, I don't think I know anybody who plays with Diamondbacks that has vowel. It's a vowel. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, then it's um, Aaron Anderson. No, it's uh, oh, I know. It's Isaac Igloo. It's not. Oh man. It's uh, Oliver O'Neill. Nope. Uh, it's Oogie Urbina. That is correct. He made a comeback <laughs> as an outfielder. It's it Eduardo Escobar. Oh, I don't. I have no idea who that is. But I'm sure he's third nice. baseman for the Diamondbacks. Sure Homered nice. seven times already. This I year. believe you. I just don't. I. I it does not register. In his age, thirty-two season. All right. Well, he, <laughs> sign him to play wide receiver then. <laughs> Trade a first-round pick. Get him to come play receiver. Tubular brought to you by the new print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Uh, on the cover, John Means, Orioles ace. Great story about him and, and Chris Holt and how he's taken over uh, everything as far as pitching is concerned in the organization. Go get that right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. By the way, there's somebody listening who's furious that I don't know who – Ryan McMahon and Eduardo Escobar are. I, I'm sorry. I Eduardo can't. Escobar has been like a, he's like a utility journeyman, sort of. Not journeyman, but he's never been really a starter. McMahon is a guy that they've had hope for in Colorado. I've just never I've really never heard the name. Got never enough opportunities or at bats and was and, injured. And, and by the way, I might have heard of it. Eduardo Escobar might be a player. I, I'm. I, God, boy, there's there's a way to say this, but there's also a way that you say that that comes off really racist. Um, I didn't know really who Ramon Urias was. Sure. I still don't really know who Ramon Urias is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of players that... that Escobar hasn't been good enough to demand to be known. And, Let's and, put it that and, way. And that have similar names that stick around for a while, that have... You're like, was that guy with the twins? Was that guy that are that are middle infielders? You know what I mean? Like, that are their names similarly. I'm not trying to say... I'm not saying every Latin person is the same. I'm not saying that. I clearly know who a lot of Latin baseball players are. You are really digging yourself a hole right now, Glenn. Some, Jesus. <laughs> Some of them just happen I get it. to not I get it. differentiate themselves I get much it. over the years. Well, Eduardo Escobar is doing his dance Well, he right might now. very well by yeah. the end of the year differentiate <laughs> himself significantly. All right. Uh, tonight, uh, totally tubular. Orioles, Yankees again on Masson. Corey Kluber and Bruce Zimmerman, the pitching matchup, 7 o'clock. Uh, Masson 2, Nationals, Blue Jays at 7. ESPN's got Red Sox, Mets at 7. MLB Network, Reds, Dodgers at 10. Both NBCSN and NBC Sports Washington for Islanders Capitals at 7. That's not going to be happening any longer because NBC's out on hockey. They're getting rid of NBC Sports Network. The thought was they were going to try to keep hockey and put it on USA instead. 
but it's all going to go to ESPN and Turner, apparently. Turner will be the other home for hockey moving forward. So that's interesting news in the sports media landscape. Uh, finally, on television, the Champions League semifinals today, leg one for Real Madrid and Chelsea, 3 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. WWE NXT tonight at 8 on the USA Network and NBA TV for Bucks Hornets, 7 Mavs Warriors at 9.30. Some non-sports highlights? Non-sports. Chad, 10.30, TBS. I do enjoy that program. It's very funny. It is very funny. Uh, Zion Williamson is on Corden. Okay. I don't know why. Probably Young doing Rock, a silly bit. 8 o'clock. That rhymed. Keenan, 8.30 on NBC. Everything else, just check it out. GlennClarkRadio.com. Very good. All right. Thanks today to um, uh, God, my, my, my to Jeff Schwartz. Jesus, I don't know why my mind blanked on Jeff Schwartz. To D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal Constitution, and also thanks to Zach Lowther for joining us after his major league debut. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Irons and fires. Ah, yes. Stuff and things. I mean, Drew Forrester, Patrick Stevens, presumably in some sort of way. Um, John Tillman, the head coach of the number one Maryland Terrapins, is going to join us tomorrow. More important than Drew. Yes. And Patrick. No offense. Yes. Like like both those. Well, like Patrick a lot. Like Patrick. Drew, put up with Drew. Yeah. Yes. Stuff and things. John Irons Tillman's actually quite good. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including. Our friends at the U.S. Army, Great Eights Memorabilia, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealers, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.